I wanna be the best in the game, invest in my name. Check no restraints, I'm obsessed with the pain. I ingest, I retain, assess and I change. Possessed by the thought, I'll be free one day from society's restraints. Money, clout and fame, mud disease, a plague. We all love to hate, have to play the game, have to make a name. All our insecurities are on This display. is war with the enemy. Think that it was meant to be. Living in a time where diseases... Hello and welcome listeners to another episode of Tactical Awareness. This is season one, episode 38. And we will be... Jumping into ICS season 15. This is the end. This is the final episode of season one. Uh, and starting next week, we'll be doing deep dives into the various missions and stuff going on into the new season. So come along with Owen and Dan and myself as we round out our first season, our first ITS season and tactical awareness season, um, with an overview of the new ITS document before we get ready to deep dive into season two. That sounds like way too much work. <laughs> work. I'm not at work. I don't want to do a three-hour episode. That's a lot. That's, that's a ton of work. Um, hey, everybody. Uh, I think you all know what this episode is going to be about, probably because I've already said it in the preamble of the episode, but we're talking ITS season 15, which was why uh, there was no episode last week, because I had heard rumblings that this was going to drop, and doing another whole mailbag episode felt like just stretching things out um, when we could actually get in and talk about the the actual new season, which is exciting. It's here. It's dropped sort of because we don't have the classified decks yet. So while we have the missions, we're missing a puzzle piece yet still, which is the classifieds. So yeah, let's jump in and see how everybody's doing. See how one and Dan are getting on. Uh, and then we're going to do an overview episode to start off with on the document, the sort of like top line hits. And then as we go forward in the coming weeks, we will do individual episodes on the new missions. And then once the deck is in hand on what I think is the most interesting section, which is the very end, which is the resilience um, operations, which is like a whole new tournament style where every mission is procedurally generated and there's a bid system. Uh, so let's dive in first and see what's been going on with Owen. You said uh, earlier you were planning a event for this weekend. No, 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 for the thirtieth. For the thirtieth end of the month. Gotcha. Weekend. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a Calgary welcome to ITS fifteen. I'm uh, I'm out of town that weekend. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> Owen's just gonna have to win his own event. You just have to cancel your plans. That's right, Dan. You're just gonna have to move. whatever you have going on isn't this important. So exactly. my girlfriend would be upset if I canceled our camping trip. <laughs> Look, man, what? it's you, you, know you think there's still gonna be an Alberta on the 30th of September. Girlfriend's it's gonna all be over. ITS is forever. Wait, just, just postpone it. There won't even be a, there won't even be an Alberta left by then. <laughs> It'll just be gone. Um so what's the plan then? Like you were debating doing just the new missions. How are you feeling about that? Gonna, is not going to do just these two out of three of the new missions. Mm. Uh, it basically evacuation is is just too much. I think last launch might be too much as well, but we're going to do that like last, last round, launch. and then no one will have to worry about it. Yeah. No, I'm going to do pong decapitation and last launch. That's a solid lineup. And then you have some some button shenanigans in the first round. The second round is a murder fest, and then the last round is the runaway. 
That's, so. that's I like that mix. I like the mix of like kind of what you're playing for in a single mission. I think that's important. Like that's a I think that's a a good way to run an event where you're not just allowing one sort of play style throughout the entire like like game sets. You yeah, know what I mean? You I, can't just kill your way I to think victory. If you can slip last launch into an event. Because <laughs> it's so weird. Like yeah. it's it's easily the most different scenario I've seen in Infinity. And I, it's one of the ones where I don't think you can just kill your way to victory. It's very you, hard. You, like, you have to spend orders on doing the mission. You can't kill your way to victory because as part of it, you have to leave. That's what I mean, right? Like it's not, it's a lot of them, the enemy, you know, cannot perform the mission to be disabled. Their hand is still kind of valid, but this one, it feels like it's not. But we're putting the horse in front of the cart because, or the cart in front of the horse, because that's that's a, a conversation before we get to that mission. Uh, anything else? You been painting anything or doing any hobby? Not really. Um, mostly just some list building and then like accumulating what I have for uh, Ariadna because I was talking about doing um, US Ariadna US this Ariadna. season. Yeah. Or at least to start it off. But we'll see. I'm excited to start a new army. I'll be honest. That's the thing I want to end this with. I want to do like a Russian roulette where we do a poll as to what army I should do at the end of this. I still, uh, everyone thinks I should do hack because I've never played hack because you always played hack. So that seems to be where everyone's leaning is that I should do hack Islam for this season, which I think would be fun. Um, yeah, I'm inclined to do that. And Dan's doing Yu Ching. So I, I don't want to do Yu Ching because he's going to be doing that all over the, over the podcast. There's a thing right now about how like I heard about it after, oh, I did play a game the other day. Um, but about how the Calgary meta has just been corrupted to this two tag thing. By uh, you? Yeah. <laughs> answer wherever you go. And uh, it was after, because we did the Hotter Than Hell's Basement event. Sure, sure, yeah. And yeah. I, I guess there was some conversation about it. And the like, two Yodums is real good. <laughs> make fun of those two yodums but then their ability to be alive while i crit my opponent that was the trick <laughs> that's right if i can't die i can just roll until i get the crits i need yeah the trick to it is to start at the beginning with those crits though <laughs> just uh, screw right away yeah, yeah i like how i like how you immediately threw yourself under the bus during the whole description of that you're just you're like i i don't know i just had armor nine <laughs> crit my yeah. opponent into oblivion that but like that is such an accurate description of what happened during those games yeah, like you can't really get credit oh my ones. god yeah <laughs> it's not i didn't think much farther than wow these dice sure are good yeah i'm gonna suppress and i'm armor 10 this will work out all right well i'm gonna shoot you with my hmg well what if i just crit you and you die and what if i just save against that hmg on threes no, the HMG just doesn't hit me, and I just crit that him, too. and he gets killed instantly. That's what you get for bringing uh, um, symbiote mates. That's I right. Know, they won't save you against HMG regular. They won't bullet. save you against my good dice and your bad dice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes you eat the bear. Oh, yeah, then he he shot back at the one my remote. I forgot about this one. He rolled the four dice for his Spitfire. I think it was. And he crit on three of them, and I rolled one dice and also crit. Oh. <laughs> it was just like, yep, that's the ultimate fuck you. And you get multi crits, and then you're oh, that was awesome sorry, crits. no, that was this this past game I played. 
the uh, the avatar was just annihilating my double uh, Yodam list. And the only reason I won is he got really unlucky with the uh, we were playing. I think it's countermeasures, the ones where the objectives just flip. Um, and he just didn't get the right objectives, and I did. Uh, we killed yeah. everything. I had like yeah. a couple uh, fusiliers running around at the end. And that was it. Just just watching watching the the buttons have the right color light blinking on them. When it was that over. one says "Step on that lady's neck now." Oh, good. I was waiting. <laughs> Perfect. Mission accomplished. And victory. Uh, that one says we have to go tase that remote. Okay. Well, he's already dead, so I just need to run over there and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, the someday the horseshoe will collapse out of you, and Maybe. you won't have these games. Um, so sorry, what was the what was the like uh the two tag scuttle but you never really finished the story? Oh, I, I don't know. That, that, just, I don't have a lot like, of details. I just other people would started thinking about playing them. Well, I mean it happened for a little while there when uh when Amy was here and we've we've had like a bit of a break since he left, and now we're gonna like I'm starting to get this event going, and I'm sure there'll be more once we get the ball rolling again. Um but uh but yeah, there there's been this thing where like I know there's been a couple folks. There's uh, guys who brought double ride show and double, um, what are they called? The Uching, or not the Uching, the JSA one. Oh, oh you're right. Double Oyeroy is real good. Yeah. Double Oyeroy. There was one that was a Tickbalang plus um, Seraph. There's just all kinds. Mm-hmm. Everybody brought something. Just or even it. like anathematic plus avatar, like a, that was real popular for a while. That's not a double anath- tag, but it's kind of. But a it's basically tag. a double tag. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah, so Cause it's because it's cheaper than the Sphinx. Tags. Yeah, some kind of double uh, nomad tags, some variation thereof. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I might go in Ariadna and then never use a tag this season. Um, I won't play Ooh, Ariadna fun. the whole time. Do like a challenge mode. Though I might collect my dogs again over this this ITS fifteen <laughs> old yellers all, all time. What about you, I Dan? Mean, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's hard to get to three hundred points with just grunts. That's a problem. Yeah, now <laughs> it used to be okay. I played that against you, if you remember. I do remember. Yeah, it was thirty grunts. It was and I got a whole lot of armor three and four two move. They, they didn't I walk anywhere very fast, but them. they sure didn't move. Or yeah, I did. I died almost every shot. No, no, no. I just mean like you you didn't you oh. didn't like you just stayed in cover with armor six because you had armor yeah. three on everybody. Yeah. It didn't matter. No, no. What about you, bud? Um, I've been playing a few games, which has been nice. Um I it's kind of at the weird spot where I wanna start playing some new Jing stuff. But I'm still lacking like that core box, mm-hmm. and it's just never coming. So, Meeple Mart has them in stock, and so I might just order that. If Meeple Mart has them in stock, this guy should be able to get them. Yeah, but they can't. I've been just harassing them for like six months now. So, so it's like, well, if you don't want my money, you don't get my money. Fair. Um. So yeah. So I'm probably just gonna order online and. Uh, Get that core painted. Yeah. Get some of that stuff going. Because it was like, I've, it's just been fun building lists, like theoretical lists for the new missions. Um, Hopefully, me and Owen are off tomorrow. So hopefully I can get him out of bed before two o'clock 
and uh, we can play some games. I mean, Owen doesn't go to bed oh, until 5 a.m. Hope all so. you want. <laughs> <That's right. Yeah. laughs> hope springs eternal, Dan. <laughs> Your name's not Michelle. It's probably not going to happen. Um, so for me, I have been uh, still renovating and renovating and renovating, um, but I've actually got the front office done now. And I have a big four by four table in the front foyer that I can actually play Infinity on. So I'm hopefully going to get some Infinity games going next week. Uh, Chase is coming down to try out the first two missions from the pack. Um, and he's done two new armies for ITS season 15. He's done a Rama Task Force, or not Rama Task Force, um, an N2A army. He did, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of that's a hack one for N2A? Dashat? Dashat, that's right. Yeah, he's done Dashat. Um, and then uh, he's done Morats as well, which is cool to be able to play other Morats. And then I'm up in the air. I want to do a new army for the season. I also want to finish off the armies I was kind of like finishing off. So like the last couple pieces I wanted to paint for my Yu Ching, not my Yu Ching, sorry, my JSA rather. Um, and I'll probably do some JSA games with reinforcements, painting up the mercenary reinforcements for N2A. And then I got to pick. And the popular choice right now for voting seems to be for me to play Hack because I haven't played Hack ever in my entire life for the one Infinity faction I've never played. I've played against them more than anybody Go. else, but I haven't actually played as them. Go so directly like to Baram directly to baram just go right to baram and see if like see if what i've been saying is, is you'll see it. <laughs> if i could ever go back to anything else afterwards we were talking about uh the new missions like dan and i this week when it came out and it was like oh these are weird i'm like i know what i'll do exactly the same baram list with exactly like nine of <laughs> like nine of the models are the same right off the bat and then it's like oh but i should bring evos in this mission done <laughs> that immediately makes me want to not play baram <laughs> <laughs> it well, makes you want to play it makes you want to play like vanilla like something without fire teams and just go go hard that list doesn't have any fire teams you crazy Barom Barom, fire you can teams. make a brown fire team you make duos with us oh you can make all kinds of cool stuff yeah, i'm just saying it has, it, has, it has some fire teams i know you don't need to yeah it's all just bait you're right it's all just bait <laughs> well we'll see where i get to i really want to paint a plastic maggie when it comes out so yes but we'll do a poll maybe for what i should play because i got a, i got a list of things i might want to play um so yeah so let's jump into the mailbag and then we're going to talk about this season 15 we'll do a a a cole's notes of the season 15 changes and new stuff that we've got our hands on so far uh we'll do three questions from the mailbag big thanks to everybody who asked questions i will once again link it in when this goes up live i'll link it in the um the discord channel and also uh, it'll be linked in the description of all the podcasts we got lots of questions this week we're gonna do three uh and please go and replace them we also got an email one this week too so I'll start with the email one, actually, uh, just so I don't forget about it. Uh, and it's from Horton. It's for all of us. And it says, out of all the additions, what has been your favorite meme or gimmick list? And why did it work or not work? Um, they say, in N2, Kaplan became my favorite unit uh, with the intro of EM2. I was obsessed, but not as obsessed as I was with Doctors and Hackaslam. I was playing a campaign, and the mission was the escape mission. We have to move as many pieces across the board, use an elevator to evac the table. Bonus points were scored by specialists. Why? Because they were special. I had my hack, uh, doctor, doctor, doctor list with Kaplan's, Bielans, and Havza's. Everyone was a link at some point. Everyone was a doctor. <laughs> so literally everybody was a doctor. Um, as links broke, Havza stepped in. As dudes went down, there was a doctor with an arms reach. Sure, the data Razian now did everyone with chain rifles, but they just got back up next turn, got back in their links eventually, and hoofed it across the table hand in hand with their buddies. So useless at killing, but hilariously survivable because everybody got doctored. That's a neat list. Uh, I I have I have a bunch of ideas as to what Owen's favorite gimmick list is. 
I've never really played gimmick lists though. But I'll let you guys answer first. What's your favorite gimmick you guys have played? What is what do you think my favorite gimmick is? <laughs> I think your favorite gimmick is the time that you tried to make non-lethal work. Because <laughs> that's my favorite thing you've ever done. Is when you played fun. that game where everybody had a non-lethal weapon and you tried to win a game of infinity without ever killing anyone. Yeah, that was good. Ten, that's ten such a good list. <laughs> you had nothing but like what was it? You had gazzies, you had stun pistols, you had it was just uh, nothing but like goo guns and stock pistols, you had, you had adhesive launchers. Yeah, oh it, was God, it was a QK list. list because they had access to the five man uh Kaplan team. Yep, and, they and all the Kaplans all have adhesive launchers. Yep. And at the time, the sniper that they had could fire stun rounds. Um and then somebody had an EM weapon. Yeah, it wasn't Gazzies because they didn't have EM. But you're right. So we had like an EM grenade launcher or something yeah. like that. I don't think the Druze had it yet, but it was something along those lines. Because the idea was basically you were you were hitting them with the goo guns and yeah. then hitting and them stun, with stun the... pistols. Somebody had stun pistols too. I think that was the sec bands had stun pistols. Yeah. yeah. But because uh, that was their that's their jam, right? They used to arrest people. Uh, They're Pinkertons, basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, they come looking for your magic cards. They come looking for your magic cards. Exactly. I was gonna say they come to break up the unions on on Corregidor, but you know, same thing. Ten Ten Coon Riders, definitely more fun of a meme list because it's so. Silly. I mean, that was it's more so memorable for sure, but it wasn't as to me. It wasn't as like it wasn't as um, you had to really work to make the, the that that list. The Coom you didn't really have to make. It'd be work. way they're easier more, now. They're more of a wind existing. up and go. You just you just unleashed the Goom Riders on me. It was horrible. Yeah, if it in the current edition, like in the the new, like, N four, you could do it way easier. Like O twelve would be so good at trying to build a. I'm not going to kill any models. Like we're only here to take prisoners. <clears throat> I like yeah. did that basically in a, in a game recently. <laughs> I mean, I, mean the, I killed them the after. faction is built to do it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, the, the non-lethal is so good against like things like steel phalanx when you're like, I'm a beefy boy and I'm hard to kill. You're like, stick. All right, moving on. That's right. Like, yeah. Have here. you thought what it would be like to be glued to the floor? <laughs> <laughs> just, just... Well, it, was, it was also easier because you had linkable flashball sky, right? And so Yeah, yeah, that's true. You were able to like get into firefights with people with flash pulses, and like you could win. Yeah, this is N3 because you had multi burst flash pulses. So you're like, here's my two tap BS20 gun against whatever you're shooting me with. Two dice on 20s is fine. Doesn't matter what they shoot back. Two dice on 20 is all right. It's a, anyway. it's a real thing. What about you, uh, Dan? What's your favorite gimmick you've run? So just recently, um, I think I talked about it last uh, episode where I've just been bringing like the Casanova Andromeda infiltration profiles and then like no big weapons at all, but just a ton of uh, EM weapons. And so if you have armor or are hard to kill, I will goo you or EM you. Otherwise, <laughs> I can kill you with copy rifles or like, there's such things like I something like Red Fury or whatever. Or or a drama can punch you in the face, or you know. But then it's just like, oh, the big bag tag. That's fine. I got yeah everywhere because I had like two sarcos, and I had like three 
blue coats and two raven eyes and it was just like a bunch of like disabling stuff and then it right. was just kind of clean up afterward and it was and it kind of works and it's kind of fun to play because it's just so different like you it gets into trouble sometimes where you're like oh i don't really who can who can gunfight here uh <laughs> i get negative three on my adhesive logic go <laughs> uh but no it's honestly it's I feel like it's uniquely my list that I made, and it's it's been a lot of fun. It, like it was built as kind of a meme, but I was like, this has potential to do well. So, mm -hmm. and it's a it's a star model list, so you can right. have, you just have one core of the blue coats and raven eyes, and then everyone else is kind of just running around independent. I guess you have a few duos of like the robots and stuff. I think I want to recreate a different one where. The robots and the law keepers have like max side bots. Right. I have like six or seven side bots running around. And it's just like, come at it. Let's go. So that's that's, that's that's to be done yet. I'll get to it eventually. Well, I can't think of a meme list I've played recently. Most of my lists have been fairly blended. Um I will say that I did run uh, back in um, uh, N3 quite a bit. I ran like the full Spetsnaz gamut. I'd have like the Spetsnaz HMG. I'd have, uh, or two Spetsnaz HMGs, and I have two of the Spetsnaz shotgun guys with Parachutist. And there's there was a couple games I played against Owen where that Spetsnaz shotgun came down and just obliterated his entire army. And that was a lot of fun because that guy used to be able to bounce his shotgun templates around corners um because they were direct they were like impact templates that were teardrops and so i can think of a couple games where you were playing as ossss when they first came out and i would like down the robot at the front of the link team but because he was a robot he didn't go prone because <laughs> in n3 remotes didn't go prone and then i would just shoot him and he couldn't respond because he was unconscious and it would hit the rest of the far team in behind and it was super obnoxious um so it worked pretty well marksmanship shotguns that could face to face with templates were bananas. So when you could get when you could get ignore cover, uh, you'd ignore cover all the time because the template ignored cover against armor as well. That thing was real good. <laughs> it was really, really good. Um, so yeah, I had a few. I had a few like quasi meme lists, like the all Spetsnaz lists, um, with my my like just vanilla Ariadna that I played quite a bit. But because this is pre tac tech didn't even exist back then. I don't think. Or no, actually, it was the beginning of TAC because TAC came out when OSSS came out because they were paired in the box. And that's really it. Now, let's look at our next question. This is from the actual question thing. We've got Tomato. Maybe Tomato. I don't know what part of the world he's from. As for everybody, it says, I find it difficult to decide how to split up combat groups. Uh, what are your thought processes when you choose what goes on to which group? Uh, we had a good episode on this, actually. I think it's like one of our third or fourth episodes about building a list. Um, that you could refer to. And I think most of my advice stands from that, but I, I'll, I think we can hear from everybody else before I give my answer. Uh, what do you think about that, uh, Owen? Sorry, my my headset was dropping out. What was the first part of the question? Um, I have a hard time splitting up combat groups and deciding oh, yeah. who goes combat into what and how big they are. Yeah. <sighs> Me too. That's true. Yeah, yeah that's fair. Like I, I'm always so unsure now about which route I want to go. Like it, it used to be 
I like doing like seven, eight. Um, but now like half the time my list is only 10 guys and then I just throw on staples. Like the list is actually 10 models. And then right. I have like between one and five random things that I've thrown on top because they were there. That's but, fair. Yeah, I, I, I think the list, like the faction matters too. Like I think some armies naturally gravitate towards um, the eight, seven split, like where it's a little more even, like, especially if they have a lot of fire team access, like spiral core or Toha um, or QK. Now they've got their, their two fire teams back or Morats. They might gravitate towards that because you get so much more efficiency out of running those two split lists. Uh, yeah, sure. But, but I think that like some like vanilla, Actually, yeah, maybe vanilla factions actually too might benefit from having a seven eight split, but but I think it depends on what goes in there, right? Like, if you can pad in like two gun, two really good high quality gunfighters in both those halves, and they kind of equally split the they equally split the um the order pools, it can be really powerful. But then it can also kind of restrain you because you, if someone has like a huge advantage, you you like cap their ability to like really go ham. I think it's a, I think it is it depends upon the type of list you're writing, what you're including, um, and how you want that to go. But I think that fire like small fire games like hair multi Harrises and multi duos make that that eight seven split a lot more attractive. What do you think, Dan? Yeah, I haven't been able to make eight seven work. I tried it a few times and it just kind of fall fell flat. Like it just seems I didn't have the right orders to do. It's like a lot trickier, I find. So it's really hard. Getting more conservative for sure. It's like it's yeah. And it's it's typically like I have a few dudes who don't need to do a whole lot, like an evil hacker that needs to put up a thing, or someone that needs to go over and stand on suppression or something, and like one group, and then everybody who wants to do things in the other group, and then all the little order monkeys in the background in the big group as well. And they're kind of like that's the general feel. And like every time it's the same thing. It's just like, uh, I think this one goes in the other group, but it's, I, I generally go towards like a 10, five. Sometimes it's like a nine, six, but almost always is 10, five. I think you make a good point about the five is if you design a five in a certain way, it can be really, really not wasteful. If that makes sense. Like I'll very often design a five in my JSA where like one to two pieces in that five are kind of disposable. And then the remainder are either reaction pieces or want to spend like an order a turn. You know what I mean? Like an like he's like an evil hacker um, who might want to put down a, like a marksmanship or who might want to change marksmanship or put up fairy dust. Um, my JSA is a good example where I'll have like, I'll have my Ryukin um, Unit 9 like heavy rocket launcher, who's typically like an Overwatch piece, right? He's one of the only standing kill markers that you'll have in that act, in that faction. Then I'll have like maybe an Evo Hacker, um, and then I'll have like a Yojimbo, right? And those two orders from the two kind of like stand-up pieces are just there to fire Yojimbo across the board and have him cause much trouble and like lay, lay a crazy koala every turn. And that's it. And then once the once those guys start to die... And your main list starts to die. You start transferring the, the survivors, you know what I mean? Whoever's left into the main pool to keep that main pool like floating around 10. And if you design it that way, like with intention that some of these pieces are absolutely going to die, 
and some of these orders are getting spent early on for like basic things like fairy dust or marksmanship and then and like to push this guy across the board until he dies um you never feel like any of those orders are sitting there unused or nothing no purpose that's the worst thing in infinity when you have like two or three orders in a pool you can't do anything realistically with them i find that's the worst feeling ever you know what i mean for like army list designer you're like uh this just feels like an anchor like this, these orders could be doing something they're just not doing anything i think i think my favorite fan my favorite five man group was two motorized bounty hunters two flash pulse bots i think an evo hacker that's solid and then it's just like if you're going second then you can just throw the flash pulse bots up as like you know the shoot flash pulses at things or extend your hacking net yeah maybe maybe they'll die they'll probably die but then they were spending a lot of orders trying to kill seven point dudes so that's fine to kind of slow them down um and if you go first then you're just like use a flash pulse order move the two bounty hunters up 14 inches use the other flash pulse order move the bounty hunters up and then the bounty hunters use their own to suicide around corners and try to take as many people down with them as they can and then you're like done and then as your big group dies you move the flash pulses back into the big group and it's just like uh, it just seems super effective and great yeah it's like it's it's super efficient right every order gets used and has a purpose it's kind of what you want i think yep. touched on wise all right last one uh this is thang 407 uh it's for everybody but specifically owen because he doesn't like painting he says, I play Infinity because I love it, the game. However, I do like having a painted army uh, and have next to no time to paint. What are your quick painting techniques and what paints do you recommend? Let's let Owen go first on that one. And then Dan, because both of you guys are actually really quick painters. Uh, spray paint. <laughs> I Double mean, rattle can. Yeah, yeah. You can, uh, you can definitely prime them black and then prime them white from an angle. And then you get out your contrast paints or your equivalent of Citadel contrast paints. Speed pick paints. a primary color, color the entire model in that color, pick a secondary color, paint that part in that secondary color, grab faces, visors, and whatnot, and weapons, and then cover the whole thing in null oil, and you're fine. Or or yeah. the, if you do really bright colors, use the uh, the brown one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Agrax. Uh, no, Seraphim Sepia. Seraphim Sepia. Yeah. yeah. Anything that's like a good a good line, but isn't quite as dark as the black one. Yeah, that's the if you do yellows, blues, or greens. Actually, green you can still do null. Uh, yellow, blue, and orange. Use the sepia, and then the other colors use the null oil, and uh, that's it. It's like ninety percent of my paint jobs. It's slap chop. I owned slap chop before it was slap chop. There you go. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a game changer, honestly. When those paints came in, like I remember when the first line of contrast paints came in, you and I were sitting in the studio painting with them, and you were just like, oh, I'm never using regular paints again. <laughs> like, it was so fast. It made it really easy to do bright colors. Yeah. Because I, before that, it was like a ton of dry brushing was the way I painted. And like very specific highlighting. But now it's... I just dunk the models basically. Because like, the spray can does all that highlighting for you before you even start painting, right? Because you're just doing that zenithal spray. Right. But I, I just mean to say that, like, if they still had the dunk jars 
that uh the dip. had that minwax was army painter yeah. they had their army painter, army painters army, army wax yeah citadel needs to come out with a dip version of contrast paints <laughs> <laughs> and i want it to be i mean like it's just minwax you can just buy it you can just buy it i just want like a like a little like trough of it that's like 10 models long and i'll put them all on a little stick and you just dunk them and dunk them and job well done so I had I had a buddy uh, named Chris who I have Skeletons. my buddy's name Chris. No, what he did he painted a whole guard army this way. So he primed the guard army white. He painted their shoulders red, and their weapons metallic, and the and then like the gun cases black. And he dunked them all, but he dunked them on the end of a power drill. So he would dip them in the wax, and then he would just stick the power drill into a bucket and spin it for like three seconds to like whip off all the excess. Yep. and let them dry and i think he painted like 150 miniatures in a day like it was insane <laughs> with that with that dip method and they look great because that stuff was basically just like the og agrax or shade right like before agrax or shade was agrax or shade that that dip was doing the same thing yeah so that's become know. my whole painting method is just slapping all the entire model entire model bit bit done if you want a visual, just Google the word slap chop because that's basically the, there's a million videos now called slap chop. Um, they're, they're the same idea. What about you, Dan? Um, yeah, I just skip the step where you do it black and then the white on top. I just don't feel like it gives a big enough of a difference. Just just spray paint it white and then put contrast on top. And then it's done. It's like, why, why go through that extra step? I don't understand. <laughs> I, I personally sure, can't yeah. tell the difference. I, I mean, so, honestly, that's why that's all that? speed paint techniques you're right it's just how bright do you want it to be owen's owen's got a little more saturation in his colors yours are going to be on uh, just higher on like the the spectrum of like the brightness the trick to that dan is i highlight 45 models at a time with spray paint and because i don't get all the metal bits covered i do black first as a quick cover for like the bottom hides many and sins. then the white from above <laughs> the and shadows like, eh, good enough. the shadows hide all of his sins <laughs> If he gets real lazy, if you look at his models from the lower 45, you will still see bare metal. <laughs> but yeah. no one ever does, so it's fine. That's right. No one looks at my models from underneath a weight except Rash. But no, yeah, but I don't it, care what you think. I don't give a fuck what I think. <laughs> We've made that abundantly clear. <laughs> if uh, if I want to paint fast, it depends on the color. Like some colors with the contrast, I don't either don't have them or I don't not happy with the color thing. So you just you just put a dark color down and then you just do like two or three layers up of just like 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 orc skin for example like i don't like a contrast method for orc skin i just do like a dark green and then a lighter green and then like the the yellowy green and then mix some yellow with that green and you just kind of you can go super quick with it it's just like oh my god look at how many steps that was i got that down to one but then they look really good and then the clothes you just like I have all the browns of contrast, like all the browns and grays and black. It just you just mix and match with those, and it's just it's a good time. And then and then you're good. And then you can mix. If you get bored of that, you can easily mix contrast colors together to get more colors and different colors, or even mix contrast colors with your opaque paints or more opaque paints. And so then, like, there's so much you can do with it while still basically painting contrast. And then if you want to take it a step further, then then you can put a little bit thicker coat so you get darker and highlight it. Basically, you can you can make it as complicated as you want, but when you get lazy, you just white and then 
the fastest way of like mindless when you're doing like assembly line is just yeah you cover the whole thing like i'm painting my Yujing orange and so i have the whatever orange contrast paint whatever it's called the griff hounds orange i think and then you just you spray paint white you just slop it in orange almost everywhere the my metal metallic parts i'm actually painting white instead of the regular black just to give some whatever so all like the inner parts are staying white so i try not to hit that with the um with the orange contrast but whatever and then after i'm done all that and they all dry then i go in with the white and i just paint it all all the stuff that i don't want orange i just paint white again and then i just go in and spend a little bit more time and and touch the contrast on to do the other stuff i have like a highlight of blue and then typically i'll do a little bit of like i'll do the the white contrast on it and then i'll go with a highlight afterwards and make it like whatever but it's like it's super fast i don't spend a lot of time thinking about it it's the, the hardest part is like one or two models you think about and then and then you just just assembly paint like i think i think 10, I think, 10 to 15 models at a time is not even that much to assembly paint for right. me. i like that i think both you guys are onto something and my answer to this question would just be kind of to to, to sum up what the two of you guys said kind of in generalities because what i don't want to do is give advice that's like requiring a certain type of paint or a certain type of like product or whatever because not everyone listening to this is going to be you know able to access the same like oh we go my old way too just buy the color of the spray paint go to walmart buy the yellow one yeah. covered in agrax and call it done <laughs> call them imperial fists yeah. um my so that was that was kind of what i was what i was gonna what i was gonna throw out there is is the the generalities what owen and dan and myself would be saying is if you want to quickly paint something typically the easiest way to do it and it doesn't matter what the technique is it can be slap chop it can be a spray paint it can be an airbrush it can be dry brushing all three of those like quickly put a dark color to a light color paint techniques are equally valid here the trick is you're going from one big primary solid color down to your smaller details. That's the biggest time-saving technique really is starting all with kind of one color. It's almost like the, I would call this in like sort of like more broad pulp culture game here. This is the space Marine painting method. Most, most people who paint warmer 40,000 space Marines, they all start one color and then they work down to smaller colors that works equally well in infinity. Every faction's got like a primary dominant color, in fact, they're mostly color coded red for nomads, yellow for Yu Ching, like yellow and gold for Yu Ching, blue for O12, white for Aleph, um, purple other blue for the bugs, Pano. yeah, blue for Pano, yeah, green for Ariadna, um, and if, other green for <laughs> beige for Islam. I was gonna say cocky desert cocky for, for Islam. Um, if you just start from is. there is and green? add two to three like detail colors, you're you're gonna have a nice result. And then the thing I would add that neither of them really mentioned, but actually I know Owen subscribes to this because this is something he and I were, were big on, is finished bases make the model. Basing a nicely based army with an average paint job looks a hundred times better than an unbased army with a beautiful paint job. Like bases really, it's it's like the big Lebowski, the rug really ties the room together. If you, if you get nice consistent basing and there's tons of ways of cheating with basing gels, Things like the Citadel contrast or texture paints, rather. Uh, um, the big Vallejo, one I've been using is the Vallejo texture ones. Yeah, and then you paint them or wash them. The Desert Sand for 13 Canadian fun bucks. Uh, you can hit it with any of the different contrasts or whatever. Or and washes, it just kind yeah. of becomes whatever color you want it. Yeah, or don't bother. It. Yep, just leave, leave it. it as is. And you everything goes with desert. 
Yeah, absolutely. Like every yep. paint scheme. And then just some tufts or some flowers or something. There's tons of brands out there and they quickly just like zhuzh up your base. Just rocks. You could go even lower. And then don't not paint the rim of the base. Because <laughs> you're going to have dry brushing marks on there. You're going to have paint splatter on there. Just do that victory lap and put black or just some solid color that matches whatever your basing is around the edge. And you will have a nice looking miniature. Um that would be my that would be my advice. Solid color up to small colors. Do a nice simple basing technique that's consistent across the entire army, and then paint the room of your base, and you'll have a good looking army that that you're you're happy to play with and put down with because it's been done consistently. I guess I guess you kind of said it, but basically, yeah, pick one color for like the general color of your army, and then pick the metallic or like the the gun slash armor color that's kind of the in behind or whatever. And then pick one color, usually a complementary color, to kind of not clash, but just kind of poke out and like accent color. And then you're good. So yeah, you don't need, need much more. And then you can you can you can diff, do different shades of those colors or highlight them or whatever. But you just if you just do that, you can pump out so many dudes so fast. And then you don't have to think about it. You have three colors, essentially, and one of those is black or white. And then you just blah, and you just turn your brain off watch yep. some TV in the background and just pump out your dudes. And then even if you don't really enjoy painting, you can have a painted army. And infinity, Obviously. honestly, like infinity's model count. I know it says you only need 10 models, but and you're going to have more, like you will have more, but the model count overall for most infinity armies is like a couple squads in a lot of miniature war games, right? Like you don't, you don't have to spend a lot of time painting in a weekend. You can paint infinity army and have lots of unit choices and lots of selections. If you follow that method of just like everything starts off blue, and then you, if you have an hour, sit down and just do all the metal. And then if you have an hour, sit down and do all the contrasting color. And then let that dry. And then if you have an hour, the next day, sit down and just wash them all. And would, don't uh... don't try and do it all in one, or like don't own it every time and do it all in one sitting because Owen will just sit down for four hours and do forty miniatures. <laughs> but not everybody has that in them. I can feel like it's too much. Um, I go th I go through like phases where I'm like I don't touch a miniature for like two months because I'm just like I don't want to paint. And then one day I'll be like, I want to do something productive. Let's yeah, paint. I did it on Monday. I painted 12 Battletech Battle Mechs from like primed to finished in like four hours. I just hammered them out. I do want to say for people who don't have a lot of time to paint and they, they like leave it and come back or they haven't painted something in a long time. Um, take out your phone. I'm not going to assume that you don't have a phone. Put all the paint colors that you used on that model just next to each other and save a little file of all of the different paint combinations for each of the things that yes you take a picture of them all together i forget how i did previous paint schemes and i can't easily replicate them and so i just end up repainting everything that is such a good piece of advice because i have never thought of doing that and i have so many armies where i'm like i guess this is as close to how i did it last time i cannot for life remember what color i used on my storm cast <laughs> i have no idea what you line up those is. little bottles and then you just take a picture and you're like if nothing else i know that these were all involved <laughs> so i'll get the order wrong that's so smart but... i should definitely do that uh, i have to go back and look at the, really the, the paint table video for when i painted them and try to figure out what color it is so, so wet palettes are like super nice if you're painting kind of on a regular, like every day or every couple days, if you get like a, I'm going to paint for half an hour, like every day kind of thing, like a wet palette is just like essential because then you can have those, you can mix colors, you can do it. You, you save so much paint. It's just like, everything's there. 
and it's like really nice and you can home, you can create your own wet palette like super easy you just get like a paper towel and parchment paper on top and a, like whatever it's something that's sealed hundred uh, percent and then and you're good to go with some water on the mm -hmm. bottom so yeah you can look it up from on, the bottom line and do you do you, uh, do your own kind of oh and paints right out of the bottom just lets them air dry the whole time I mean I'll do that too when it's like every once in a while but like if I'm working on something and figuring out a paint scheme with colors and stuff and I'm like trying to mix stuff oh man the wet palette is beautiful I think mine's all moldy right now because I left it for yeah, too long you left it for too long and it got I went bad out I have one oh, idea I you just reminded me I need to dry out because <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's going moldy right now as we speak so there's this definitely disadvantages as well but uh but yeah if you're not painting with contrast and you like to mix and match colors I always like to experiment in different things to like keep things fresh for me because if it's boring for you it's it, you're not going to do it so make it exciting somehow make some colors that's fair that's smart mind. very smart well there we go we got through another mailbag episode in fact the final mailbag episode of season one of tactical awareness uh and now we get to get on to the main anything. event nope we're done no more no talking That's i'm it. out see you You're later done shut up dan Bye. nothing to say about ideas <laughs> no, no no this is this, this is the end of season one this is our this is our preamble into season 15 so this is the end of season 14 and now we get to talk about a new order cue the song from the club scene in blade um that was a that was a remix of a new order song uh so yeah so we're not gonna do a deep dive because that's season two when we start actually deep diving in all these rules but we've had a couple days to digest these uh and talk about them um and so what i'd like to do is break this into three things <clears throat> three sections first section is uh the like um the preamble stuff so like the basic rules and the rules for um like the season rules so like civilian civivac uh case vac like all that stuff all the extras that are and aren't in there uh particularly things like long service prestige border skirmishes and all that stuff um and then the extras and the classifieds because there's a little bit of information about the new classified deck in here and then second part we'll do the just a quick overview of the new missions uh, we're not going to deep dive all the existing missions, although there were some a couple tweaks in there. And then the third part, I want to talk about our opinions um, on the new section in here, which is resilience operations. We don't have a ton of information about those yet because they require us to have the classified deck, but I want to talk about those too. So let's kick it off uh, by talking about season 15, just in like general terms. So General terms season 15 is 19 missions instead of 20. We have five direct action missions instead of four. And we have a brand new section called resilience. Um, first blush, stuff like the uh, bike rule disappearing in ITS 14 and reappearing in the FAQ. That seems to have happened with the Tachikomis. Uh, or Tachimotos, sorry, I call it Tachikomis. That's what they're called in Ghost of the Shell. Um, Tachimoto's, which is the, um, if you have sensor and Ford observer, uh, you got marksmanship, you got tactical awareness and you got hacker minus three, UCM hacker minus three. That seems to be gone, but it could appear like the bike stuff did in an FAQ. What are you guys thoughts on that? It's kind of up in the air. Still what's going to happen. Are you okay with it just being gone, gone? I think they're um, all going to the forever bench. If it's gone, gone, they were already like even with all the buffs they had 
did you really see them all the time? I saw them in every mission. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't see every player bringing them. Like I. I think the reason you didn't see them is you played hack so much, and people, but people took them against you, guaranteed. No, like to no, try I, and sniff out your stuff. Uh, Not really. No. <laughs> well, they should have, like, because having maybe, a sensor that can get up there for free with the a game is a I big deal. Had those guys. Maybe, probably less. Like I went to that event with uh, with you in Niagara. Yeah. No one had them. Really? No one in that event used them. I did. <laughs> you're an odd one out then because yeah, at least true. the other three people i played none of maybe one person had like one mm-hmm. like morat certainly weren't because there's is if they don't need them sure but that's what i mean even with all those buffs i don't need them they're not good enough to get into my list i i, I mean think you took they, them with double maggie took them all the time with their feeks sure i i found use out of them and like i brought them with my double yodam as well like they're good if i need like efficient order monkeys um i just don't think they're i think if you just got rid of the marksmanship part of them and just left them as is or got rid of the tack away it'd be fine sure i think get rid of the tack is probably more likely to happen i think the the order efficiency thing is the thing that's more likely not to happen well Uh, just make it so it's like a different fto file or right um, like make it so they can't link with anybody when they're in the FTO or when they have a mm-hmm. like or like that, take tag work in the FTO or something like that, maybe. I think keep everything the same, but make it so they can't when they have the tack aware, maybe keep a separate profile that's older that can link if the right. one and then make the new one just unlinkable. Mm-hmm. And I think keep everything the same. And then it's like then people are still tempted to bring it, but then you can't use it just for order of pheasant sheet. It's just like its own thing. Right. So you'll it's see them pop up every once in a while, but they're not going to be everywhere. Because right now, I think they're just going to disappear and you, you just won't use them. That's fair. Well, nothing's appeared in army so far for them. Um, not that they had mimetism like the bikes did. A lot of the bikes that already had mimetism didn't like nothing changed when the update happened, but there was a few that gained mimetism. Um, so if I'm just looking at the Pathfinder, there's no marksmanship. So if it was a day one patch maybe they'll wait for the faq to come out to to change the actual stuff in army or maybe it'll just stay the way it is um so the next thing is we have a glow up for uh ad troops which was kind of the guess that we made actually a couple episodes ago um it's called border skirmishes once per game each player can deploy a trooper possessing a special skill with the airborne deployment label inside an exclusion zone but if they're using combat jump, no fee rolls required, but they must deploy in silhouette contact with the edge of the exclusion zone. So basically, they have to be parachutists. How do you feel about that? What do you mean? Uh, no, no, they don't have to be parachutists. No, uh, but they're deployed like a parachutist because they have to be in, in contact with the edge of the exclusion zone. Right. Yeah, so it's, like, it's not on the edge of the table, but like they can't be in the exclusion zone if they do it. They just have to be on an edge. They can just be on any edge. Oh, so like quote unquote parachutist with the exclusions with the exclusions on yeah it's it's like when the parachutist arrives on a deployment edge or a side of the table like it's the same thing except it's with the edge of the exclusions on so they can't be in the, in the exclusions on they have to be on the border of it but well i mean you can still be in it as long as a part of your uh, is on the border that's right and there's no fizz roll required which is a big improvement for any kind of combat jump right um, but it has to be combat jump. If you have parachutist, you still have to go on the. Edge you could the go on the side edges, right, of the of the exclusion zone, because they usually touch the the edge of the table that's not the deployment zone. 
you just be, wouldn't be able to go on the long edges of the, the exclusion zone. Um, I think it's cool that you can have a, a, a jump troop that is slightly um, restricted on where it can come in, but can come in with zero roll. Um, the zero roll is a huge deal, yeah. I think that's really cool, especially with something like the Cascuda that's been there, kind of like, well, the scary thing is if it pops in behind your back lines and starts, you know, killing you with a combi rifle, um, yeah. which you can't do. It, it is interesting to note, though, this rule only applies to six out of 19 missions. Uh, six out of 24 missions, if we count the other one, because there's only six exclusions in the whole mission pack. This is yeah. way less interesting than the other ones that they've done because of the limited scenario yeah, yeah like it's tied to a specific type of scenarios exactly type of setup it's, it's b pong countermeasures evacuation uh frostbite last launch and the armory that have exclusion zones now what's interesting is i think those will get played a lot because there's some new ones in there that are interesting and there's some some neat missions in there but it's still only five out of 24 if you're counting the direct action ones yeah i wish it was just one guy lands for free just go all out. Let them have it. Yeah, give Anyone them more than one it. thing. Like give them that. Give them the, that that rule, but also give them something else. Just just one guy per game can pass his check. Yeah, I mean that. Just one. Like you don't have to make. You can still bring more. Um, because right now combat jump, like it's always a risk. Even you have to work. There's only one mission where you could get to a guarantee on a combat jump, but other than that, they always had a chance of failure. If you, because like a lot of people get turned off because of that, like 15 to 60% failure rate, you don't bring them because like, yeah, cool. If they land, if they land, you'll do a lot of work, but you have to make it. Whereas like now, if you just made it where one guy just lands. Okay. But now I'm going to play every game knowing that I'm probably going to have somebody try and jump me. And so I have to be a little bit more cautious with the way I play and set up. Yeah, agreed. It, it, it's less interesting than the bike change and the touch motos, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that being said, those two mission packs had far fewer new missions and changes to the core mechanics of the missions themselves. So I think this is probably wise because it would be a lot to juggle having like a whole new unit glow up and then also the amount of new crap deploy that's in this mission. <laughs> this mission pack has quite a bit, quite a bit of new stuff. Now, the O12's prestige. That's a big deal. So in that one, uh, players well, can make tactical side, use side of... Note, sorry. I was confused why it was called O12's prestige, but then I read the little blurb at the beginning, like just now, of like the the fluff behind the new order of how it's like a right. ceasefire. And like basically all of the factions have combined help civilians during the ceasefire. And so o twelve like, good job, everybody. And so everyone has... O12's prestige. Carry on. That's right. They've been given, they've been given basically an attaboy because everyone's gotten their shit together for once to because the it's it's uh it's watchman rules, right? The aliens have basically won. <laughs> and so everyone's like, oh, we better start actually like working together. Um, so yeah, so the, this one is players can make use a tactical use of a command token once per game round, expending a command token to add one regular order to the order pool of one of their combat groups. So basically, you can convert once per game round um, a command token into an order. So three of your command tokens could become um, additional orders. And there's also bonus command tokens to a couple of these uh, these missions as well. 
Wait, and there's nothing about max command tokens, right? Nope. So you can get six. Sure. It's still always going to be three, like as far as the extra orders are concerned. As far as the extra orders go, yeah. But there are four missions that have joint command where you just get an extra command token. Uh, and I think those are specifically being done so that you can use that rule because they're all order intensive ones. It's it's um, highly classified, looting and sabotaging, panic room and power pack, which are all like I got to make a bunch of whip checks to do things. Um, I got to get from point A to point B. I got to do like HVT stuff and, and classified deck stuff. I feel um, like there's other ones that are much more order intensive. But yeah, whatever. Well, there's also times where you want to be able to coordinate. So having those extra ones to coordinate, like especially in panic room, because you're trying to get inside before the frost kills you there. There's other reasons other than just like being order intensive. I think there's also some efficiency stuff in there to get the the joint command stuff. I like that it's tactical. And so you can use it at any time. You can be like, you know what? I will take one more order. Bonk. Yep. Agreed. There's nothing worse than like my last order. I need to kill this guy. If it's the last thing that needs to happen this round, I fail. Oh, I can get another order. I think the real power of this is how it messes with camo. Um, there's a lot of times where you're sitting there and your opponent has a camo model and he's waiting for you to go to your last order and then he's going to reveal in the last order and do something because then he knows he's only going to face one. Right. So if you just sit with one order left, quote unquote, and then you're like, all right, I'm going to use my last order and I move across this place. Do you want to react? And it's like, if you react, we'll get this little fight. You might kill me. You might not. And I may choose to pull another order out or yeah, not. Go again. And then you've just lost your reveal. Like you don't reveal. I don't pull the order. And now game state ends and you don't get that guy who was otherwise hit or something along yeah, those lines. Yeah, there's a potential for like a, chick- a game of chicken there almost. Yeah, you're you know your opponent has an infiltrating hidden deploy guy because you're just playing that kind of faction and you can tell he's waiting till your last order to reveal them. And then you choose to end essentially one order earlier. Now you still get that command token, you still do coordinates and stuff like that later on. Um, but now you don't need to get that extra regular order. And if he anticipates that you're gonna get another regular order, maybe he doesn't reveal. There's a little something there. Yeah, definitely. There's some. I think that you're right. There's some subtlety to using that that conversion a little bit. It's about like converting irregulars. People forget about it, and you can do some subtle things with converting irregulars in your back pocket because you can do both those things now. Yeah, but the, even, uh... even just the extra command points um, allows you to take lists with more irregulars, for example. Yeah, that's a command. Yeah, possibility. So it's like, and again, because Infinity is so like mission driven is that when you're like looking at an event especially like a lot of smaller events with only like three missions when you're looking at five missions you got to bring a more overall list when you're looking at three missions like you can you can really lean into the advantages and disadvantages of certain missions so that's kind of cool i like that yeah and that, and that joint command being in four missions is not nothing you're gonna have an extra command token in other places and then a lot of factions just have access to extra command tokens right there's a there's quite a few plus one command token lieutenants out there Yep. So now speaking of, and because we're getting into now the mission extras, because we've done the the two like new, because there's also like civilians, um, HVTs, all that stuff uh, outside of that. So long service is still in here. So anyone who's got a name basically counts as being veteran for the purpose of the um, classified cards. Uh, case fact is still a state because you're trying to case fact people designated target still a state for additional models, civilians and civvy back. 
is also an action. So you can move friendly models who've been downed with case vac, and you can move HVTs with uh, civivac um, for various missions where you're required to do it. Now, on top of that, there are uh, the joint command, and then there's also four additional mission-specific rules that are duplicated across other missions. Now, four, um, eight missions total, but four missions and then four other missions have what are called quantum anomaly zone effects. Uh, so last season, we had the um, decompression zones, which were just like holes in the spaceships because it was taking place in like a big like orbital space station. This time around, we have holes in space and time. <laughs> now they get they get extra dangerous, though. So imagine they're exactly the same as last season, where they are both saturation zones, difficult terrain, um, and zero G. But uh, active troopers that declare or perform any orders inside of them must make a saving roll against BTS with damage ten. And if you fail it, you take a wounder to your to your uh, wounds or structure. Uh, so not only are they difficult ground, they're actually things that can kill you now. We can't ignore them. So if we thought they were annoying last season, they're even more annoying now because they actually can kill you when you move through them. Um, four missions have these quantum anomaly zones, uh, which is capture and protect, decapitation and firefight, and then frontline, which are all very popular missions because they're fairly simple. Frontline and firefight in particular are very, very popular. Um, and these zones got got way crazier so yeah uh how do you guys feel about that the fact that the the saturation zones can now kill you i mean now i have to put it on the board <laughs> now it can yeah. actually do something now, now you care about it yeah like, hey, this might actually do something it actually has like a, a game impact like you can block off avenues of advance with it and there's four of these things on the table in those missions wait and, and there's no way to ignore it nope because like before it was like oh if you have train zero g you just ignore it or you get better in it cool. no this one just says moreover any active trooper that declares or performs an order any active trooper so you can probably still ignore you ignore the effects of difficult terrain zero g and saturation zone so you wouldn't ignore the saturation zone you ignore the difficult terrain effect if you have the zero g skill or the total skill but you wouldn't ignore any of the other effects so wait is it when you like can you walk through it and not take damage or nope. is it only when you activate it in it or it's any um trooper that declares or performs an order inside a qaz so if you move through it at all or you declare an order inside of it like if you arrowed while you're inside of it you take a damage 10 roll against your bts uh, if you arrow you do not you are not an active trooper or any active trooper that... oh you're right that's right your reactive troopers wouldn't do it so you, you have were to, to say yeah. good good catch dodge into it <laughs> Then you, uh, it you could reactively keep dodging out of it yes you could but if, as long as you were never active yeah well you could actively dodge into it because you, you could never declared or perform uh, an order while inside declares or perf no because you'd be performing the order inside of it during the dodge maybe yeah yeah i think that it doesn't get around it no, but dodging into it, you wouldn't. If you dodge into it reactively, though, you would be right on. You'd be able to, to to get around it that way because you wouldn't be the active trooper. But if some like CC monster is trying to murder you, you're like, I dodge into the zone. <laughs> At least we have. Oh my god, that would screw up Steel Flank so bad. <laughs> and maybe with their yeah, no armor, no PTS. I mean, the, the heavier guys obviously would would care, but like Myrmidons and stuff would just melt. Yeah. Well, you just go back to putting those in the back corner of the table. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, you'll definitely mess up airdrop troops. Sure. 
Like, yeah, you could block. Actually, that's true. You could block off all the parachutist avenues, couldn't you? The list that I built to try and tackle uh, last launch has a very obvious Gulan lieutenant, and he'll be living the best of his life. If I played a mission that had these, I could surround him in those templates. <laughs> and then he just sits and prone on a roof sure. with those Two of them for the sure, yeah. and be like, okay, go away. And I'll bring my dog. Have we gotten to that QAZ creature? Not yet. Okay. We'll get there. You should notice too that they can be placed on any surface of the game table that is equal or larger in size than the template. So... I Good think dogs. they can be placed on terrain now. Yeah. Wait, does that mean you can't like put them like half under a building? You have to like, they have to fit. They have to f- yeah. fully fit in the surface. But what's interesting is they did add the line. It cannot be overlapped with another quantum anomaly zone. So you can't stack them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they caught on to that one. I think it's interesting. I just think I like the idea when of there being a full terrain on the table. I think it's cool. Part in that, and we both put ours in the corner on top of each other until there aren't any. Yeah, that's what everyone did in the last season, just four stacks on top of each other. But like, what if, what if like the terrain is like really dense? I mean, they're only five inch zones. You can usually find four or five inch areas to put something. But what if you don't? I don't know. I mean, (laughs) then you'd have to agree with your opponent how it works. To yeah, Yeah, to set up this board. And if there's I mean, no TO because yeah. you're just playing with someone else, you go, oh, wait, we got to move these. Yeah, but I think that's probably why they're allowing it to be put on rooftops and stuff now, too. But you can only put it on rooftops if the whole thing fits. If there's a five-inch zone. I mean, that'll fit into any of the the cardstock trains CB makes. I guess that's true. Like the bigger ones. Yeah, even the, yeah, even like anything that's not the small one, I think it would probably fit on the roof of. I just feel like oftentimes, like you'll put something on top of that roof to make it interesting, or another tiny one on top of the one to make it. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know what mission you're playing when the table gets set up, right? <laughs> the TOS will tune an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now the other half is quantum anomaly zone creatures. It's the monsters from liquid space from Star Trek Voyager. Um, as a deep cut reference for everybody. Uh, the fluidic entities, I believe is what they're called, the monsters from fluidic space. Uh, before the deployment phase, each player must place a QAZ creature, a minimum of four inches outside the enemy deployment zone. I can't wait to see what the ITS pack for this year, the miniatures for these look like, because guaranteed they're going to make miniatures for them. I want them to be weird and cool and Cthulhu-y. Uh, the player that kept a they panel is the Sassock like creature and Tigers. I want something that that is just horrifying. I want something. I want Tigers to get guard. I mean, that's basically what they are. Uh, the player that guard, kept deployment no is the first. If you gave up Berserk for guard on Tigers, I'd be fine with that. Um, take, can I get guard no line of fire? <laughs> I mean, maybe. They are shredders after all in your army. Because <laughs> they get it on this. <laughs> they have eyeless sight because they're all shredders. Um, the player that yeah, kept deployment is the one to first place a, a QAZ creature. And then each QAZ creature is fixed in place and cannot move. It's basically an immobile, like crazy qual almost. Um, they must be represented by a player A or player B token or by a model or piece of scenery with the same silhouette value, such as the Sasa creature from Tigride or the Tiger creature. The QAZ creatures are deployable weapons, reacting with the CC attack to any order declared or performed by an active enemy model, but not marker within zone of control. Um, the QAZ creature's guard special skill does not require line of fire, but the CC attack um, will become an idle if the path to the QAZ creature of the enemy is blocked. Uh, for example, by an impassable obstacle like a wall of infinite height, a closed door, or a sealed room. 
or the gap's too small for the silhouette of the QAZ creature to pass through it. The CC attack of the QAZ creatures is burst three. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. Um, uh, and then let's just look at the stat line for these things because they're in firefight. So QAZ CC creatures. 11, Fizz, four, Fizz 13, arm one, BTS three, one wound. Size one. With an Size AP one. close yeah. combat weapon. What kind of close combat weapon? AP? AP? Yeah, there yep. you go. First three AP. <laughs> and then Fizz 14. Fizz 13. Fizz 13, sorry. Well, Fizz 13 is effectively going to go up and up and up depending on how high the armor is. Like, they're Fizz 17 against tags because they're having your eight armor down to four. Which is real good. So, yeah, you're you're looking at you're looking at being real dangerous with guard with these things. Um, and how many do you place in that mission? It's I think one in most of these because they're basically the the turret, but, but close like combat a instead turret. of range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're a, they're a close it's combat. A melee turret. turret that can shoot over through walls. Yes, and yeah. also, what does it mean exactly by a minimum of four inches outside the enemy deployment? Because it doesn't say maximum of four inches. It's within so your like, half. It's within your half. It's within your half of the table. It's basically HVT range. It's outside four from your deployment and then within your half of the table. It's not my deployment. It's my enemy's deployment. Oh, sorry. Yeah, then it's the same thing, but just reversed. Right. So, so can I just put it in the middle of their deployment? No, it's outside of their deployment. You have to put it in their HVT's deployment. Oh, zone, I basically. see what you're saying. Got it. So right. anywhere they can put an HVT, you can put your tiger. Your your tiger, yeah. So it's your your Taz or your da Kaz creature. Sorry, is basically in the same zone as their HVT. It's it's like you're putting something in their midfield, and they're putting something in your midfield. And it reaches four inches into their deployment. Eight. Oh, Eight four because of the buffer. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Four, yeah, yeah. Sure. Oh yeah. What the? <laughs> and it has no line of. First? I mean, but it's before you, um, it's before they deploy their army, right? Because it's before the deployment's done. And whoever chose deployment deploys it first. Yeah. So even if you chose the enemy to deploy first, you have to deploy your cast creature first. That's right. So you're gonna it's always gonna be a known entity. You can't trap something with it. Right. But like but you can you get can rid of down. You can shut down Andromeda's perch for sure. Yeah. Atalanta. But yeah, or sorry, I don't know. You, you don't. Have I mean, yeah. you need somebody to rescue her now, right? Yeah, right off the bat. And because yep. he's size one, he's little, and unlike the turret, doesn't need line of fire. And so you can just tuck him behind stuff and just or on like, top yeah. of the building. Yeah, here he is on top of the building. And uh, oh, did you get the uh, the plastic, the hard plastic card box ones? Oh, the big ones of those buildings, the walls are taller than a size one, so you better climb up there and get them. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's real good. They kind of seem obnoxious. I don't know if they're going to add anything or just be annoying. They're definitely. I think they'll let you react to deployments. They'll let you react to certain terrain features. I think they'll be like the turret was. It'll just be an interesting way of doing some cover. It'll be a speed bump. It'll cost some orders. I mean, you can just crazy qual it, right? Like you can just take a crazy qual next to it. It reacts, and then the crazy qual goes off. It's interesting okay. that essentially the first two things to be deployed are the Kaz creatures. And so, yeah. So you'll always be able to deploy around them. 
Well, it means they've thought about the fact that you could create negative play experiences with them. They they thought about Owen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... They keep Owen in their hearts, close to their hearts. Just think about your terrain collection. Like a, like a tumor. Hey, when, when you're building a table and you're like, oh, we're going to put a, a medium-sized building on each side of the board and oh shoot we don't have another building okay well that's fine we'll put these little boxes together and that's kind of the same thing they have somewhere to hide um <laughs> and then this thing is squatting outside of the building yeah well and it's going to be acquisition countermeasures supplies and supremacy where we're going to see these so again supplies and supremacy fairly popular mission acquisition also fairly popular countermeasures not so much but i mean you're, enough that you're going to see these creatures on the table every now and again i do really like that the ITS things are gone. The CSU and the CSU. The CSU. There's no, there's no models here. Yeah. I, do I mean, not there's... like that. I don't like anything that added an order to your list. Like, so you that don't like wasn't... they're gone? You're dealing with they're there. I, I like that they're gone. Oh, okay. Sorry. Like I think they were there. Yeah. No, I didn't like that they were there. I am, I am much happier now not having the, uh, the, the drop troop and the sec that. Sure. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm finally just having to bring my army as my army. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, okay, some of the just missions will add want, like, yeah. and not, not forgetting about it halfway and wishing you had it. Yeah. Or you went to an event and like, which list is it in? Which group did you wow. put it in? Did you print off your list that has that appropriate drop? Yeah, you print off 25 lists. Right? Like, oh, but I only needed that variant list for that one mission because it wasn't the legal list for these other missions. One second, let me get my other two missions that don't have those two lists that don't have that in there. But then this list did have it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. get out, leave me alone. <laughs> Everybody gets one. So we've got two other unit types in this one. we got Hazmat Op and Key Op. Key Op is basically the same as Key Op in the previous edition. It's Dodge plus three Tack Aware um, and has to be on the table as a model. It means it's like a key operator keyed to the mission. Um, there's a few missions that feature the Key Op in this case. Um they're all direct action though it's battlegrounds cutthroat and supremacy it's because you're trying to keep your key up alive and then the hazmat op gets terrain zero g and d charges and is also marked as player a or player b and they have to be on the table the hazmat op is available in one two three missions it looks like which is just going to be capture and protect uh frostbite and highly classified it's because you have to be able to blow up like an ac2 or something like that um, which I think is a, a just a nice that he's constant. The Uber hacker is also in here. He gets a special irregular order still. Uh, the hazmat gets an irregular order in one of the missions, which I believe is frostbite. Um, and that's it. Oh, and Evo hackers occasionally get a regular order as well in a few missions. Um, but those are the four main key features. Now, the other last thing to say, which is weird because there's 19 missions, they got rid of unmasking. How do we feel about that? Unmasking is gone. I saw someone put somewhere, maybe they're being sarcastic, but that unmasking was back. That it was a mistake. This, something to be said too. Anyone who looked at this at the beginning, this mission set has changed. Yeah, unmasking's back in. This oh, it is back in. You're right. Oh, I just like downloaded four it. Four times. Okay. Uh, in the last like 48 hours. Uh, like the document but, keeps changing? Yeah, but they're I not just changing downloaded the it like 15 minutes ago. So you're right, yeah. unmasking is back in. But the one yeah. I looked at when you guys were looking at it on Wednesday did not yeah. have unmasking in it. Yeah, there there was also changes to other pieces of it. So okay. apparently it's a living document. <laughs> it's also probably being translated from Spanish and stuff just got left out. 
I love immediately they're like, is this the right rule or is this a bad translation error? Is this is this legit? Yeah. <laughs> so we're back to 20 missions then. Okay, good. I didn't realize that. No one didn't, I I didn't pick yeah. that up during the, the conversation on Wednesday. So we're back to 20 missions. Good. We can roll a D20 again. So 20 core missions, five address dash missions, and then our topic um of the the end of this whole thing, which is resilience. But let's talk about the new missions. We've got three new missions: B Pong, Evacuation. Last launch and last launch. Um, and it's funny because these missions are kind of what we talked about last episode about being very different. So why don't we each spearhead one of these? Why don't we start with uh B Pong Owen and you can go through B Pong because you've read through all these. Uh sure. Let me go up to B Pong. Uh this one is the least crazy out of the three of them, in my opinion. It definitely feels like the one that'll get used the most, yeah. Yeah. Um so the, the, the primary setup, you have three objectives across the middle with an exclusion zone, two of which are consoles, one of which is a beacon. Um, the primary goal of this mission is to push the beacon into your opponent's half of the board and stay touching it to control it. It's Blood Bowl. Um, and it's literally Blood Bowl. It, it honestly then, feels like Malifaux. Yeah, it does feel like Malifaux a little bit, yeah. Or, or Guild Ball. While doing that, you also need to control the consoles, at least one, um, each round. And then there's a, a single classified. Um, this one's going to be real hard to get 10 points unless you really dumpster on your opponent. Um, but it's nice that it's every round. I'm really glad yep. that this wasn't an end of game scenario. Yeah, it's it's uh, exactly what you talked about last uh, episode. It's, it's a round score. Yeah, so... Yeah, there's no there's points. they're all opposed points there's no like grab the points at the end yeah and so the the way this mission plays out is um there's a relocating the beacon which can be done i believe through the beacon itself yeah, yeah. attack action uh only specialist can do it specialist needs to be in base to base with the tracking beacon spending an entire order but not needing a roll, you can relocate the beacon. You can move it anywhere within four inches of the trooper who declared it. So notably not within four inches of where it was, but within four inches of the guy who did it. Um, and you can only do it once per game round. And then controlling it is per trooper. Yeah, each specialist troop can only declare this once per game round. At the end of each game round, the track beacon is controlled by a player as long as the player is the only one with at least one trooper as a model, not a marker, in silhouette contact with it. So there cannot, so there cannot be any enemy troopers in silhouette contact with the tracking beacon. No, models in a null state cannot do either. Uh, and then there are two consoles that are spread out around there. And then again, only specialists can do it. In this case, it is a short skill. You do a whip check to activate the console. If you fail, you can try again until you make it. After you success, you can choose to either move the tracker beacon two inches or move the tracker six inches towards the center of the game table. Yeah, like reset it, basically. Um, an activated console cannot be activated again by the same player until the opponent has activated it. So if you suck it back towards the middle, you can't touch it again until your opponent does something with that same that console. Yeah, you can keep kicking the, the beacon so long as different people are doing it. It feels like a fire team could line itself up to basically... Soccer ball it in soccer the... ball at four to 20 inches. <laughs> now, I mean, it does you need it to go into your opponent's half of the board, and so the further you kick it, the closer you have to fight more and more mm -hmm. of their stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely think you're gonna you're gonna want to kick that thing twice so that they, or yeah, is it twice? It's twice plus one console. If you're in base contact with it, you're moving it five it. inches as long as you're standing on the far side of it every time you activate it, right? Because you're getting your but base. If you're like length. a motorcycle, though, then you're moving it six inches. Yeah, kind of. Good point. Yeah, Nate Montessa. Or even further. Yeah, yeah. And do, it do, a Montessa duo would no, kick it's just this thing to the moon. Yeah, so you so, you are just within four inches. So from from where it was, the two inch base of your motorcycle, you then measure six inches from where it was. <laughs> Or yeah, it's just forces from the other side of your motorcycle and then put in base contact with the other motorcycle in the duo, and then that thing does it. (laughs) But it's also about an inch and a half wide. And so you're actually moving it like seven and a half inches with a motorcycle. Yeah, you're kicking you're kicking it like 14 inches with two orders. Now it is two entire orders. So you had to get both of them set up in position before you started kicking it. And if people shoot at you while you do it, you don't get a reaction. This isn't like a I'm gonna click the button. Or I move up to the button. What if somebody null deploys, though, it feels like you'd be able to get it real, real fast first turn. Hundred percent. That's what we were talking about. You can't the, afford to null. You deploy can't null deploy on that one. Yeah. You, no, you definitely can in this one because it's end of the round. So if they go first and they spend their effort kicking that ball down the field, and you just go, all right, I step up, I kill the guy touching the box, so you're not getting that point, and then I kill one console, and then I tap that console and move it six inches back to the middle. It's like, oh. <laughs> I think I think it's scary. Like this, this is a mission where I I think the first player you you want to go second unless you unless you have bikes and they're specialists and you have tons of orders and the terrain is set up in such a way that you can kick that beacon a few pages down the down the board. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna want to go second. Sure. Yeah. And around scoring, you're right. You're probably gonna want to go second that game. And the and you get a class, and you get a single classified. Is there any so, special in this one? Uh, there is a saturation or exclusion zone rather, but mm-hmm. that's it. That's it. So you might want to take an AD troop even to be able to use that once per game. Yeah. Now there's the trick is you, you kick it and then you AD on the you, line. You AD to the far side. Like that's, that's, yeah. I think going to be the one TUC is someone ADs to the far side of the opponent's half of the table. Yep. And then someone goes to the middle, kicks it to that AD troop and that AD troop kicks it somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, the issue is, or the, not the issue, but like you can kick it through terrain. Like there's and nothing, up. like it's saying move it to an area within four inches. So sure, you can put it behind as walls. As long as it's not like an enclosed um, building with the doors closed, you it can just, just push it, you can get it through walls. Right up onto a rooftop. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can do that because it'd have to, you have to measure the vertical distance and it would count towards it the way that measurement works for that stuff now. Yep. Um, I guess within four, though, you wouldn't move it. You don't move it. You only need the you only need you the measure edge it from it, right? the trooper. So if your building is three inches tall, yeah, 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 for sure. If it's three inches tall, yeah. Even if it's like just under four, you could mm-hmm. you could have the edge of it. Like if you touch the building and touch the thing, you just throw it over the, up onto the lip. But you also measure from the top of your silhouette, right? Also true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm interested in this one because it, for a couple of reasons. One, I like that it's very clearly defined. I like that it's round scored. And I like that you would take a very different list to achieve this one, I think, than you would to take a, to achieve a lot of missions. So it's going to promote that two list format. You would include things to do this mission that you might not include otherwise. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. 
it just seems it seems like it's just like a tug rope kind of thing mm -hmm. um, but there's it would be more interesting if there was like more than one thing to push i think but it might be uh, too much though especially if you put it somewhere like if there was more than one you could probably run off with one if that makes sense and then like you'd get like no round scoring if they're if each of you has one you're you know what i mean if it's like a if one has it and the other doesn't kind of a thing there's the other one that's like that where there's two and you have to go capture the enemy beacon yeah, that one's kind of already like that but uh, i like that there's like if if in doubt you can always just run to the beacons and push it six inches back towards you know away from your deployment or away from your side of the board yeah that is clever that you can try and reset the beacon at least one push, you know what I mean? Because that six inches will probably get it back to the middle. Mm -hmm. Depending on how yeah, much. I, I agree. I agree with you. I think that's a. I think that was a clever like design ad. Because um, you also want to be controlling them each round, and so you want to control at least one. And so it's there's a lot of area control that you want to be doing, and I mean, if you just kill a bunch of dudes, then you're probably fine, and they're not going to be able to do much. But at the same time. If he's going second, you can just like dodge and up into it and then kick it and you just get your points. Mm, agreed. So let's talk about evacuation, which is our second one. So Owen, you described this as crazier rescue. <laughs> this yeah. one's got five uh rescuable civilians uh in like the shape of like a number five on a dice. So one in the middle of the table. Um, and then four more, uh, two in each half of like a saturation zone, basically. So they're eight inches by, it looks like 12 inches uh, from the edges, the long edges. Um, yeah, yeah. And you're 16 up and 12 in on the yeah. bottom left and right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're trying to basically get these guys uh, back to your evacuation spot. Which I think is really there's neat. no there's no possession on the evacuation spot. It's any evacuation spot. It's any evacuation spot. That's right. Uh, and at of the end of the game, for each extracted civilian, you get an objective point. At the end of the game, for each extracted enemy HVT is two because you're trying to capture the enemy HVT as well. Both of the one... HVTs. There are two per player. Oh, that's right. Sorry, that's right. So it's four for HVTs. <laughs> yeah, uh, five for civilians because you're trying to extract all the civilians and you're competing with your opponent for it, and then one classified worth one. I don't think anyone's getting 10 on this one. Yeah. Because you want to rush across and get the far ones, I guess, first, if you're going first. So the, the way we I've been trying to figure it out. So the ability for bikes to give up impetuous means that they could still be specialist bikers who can grab them. Or the new drop trooper, if you bring a specialist one, where you, you land on the far exclusion zone where there are two civilians touching it. You grab them and run them to your opponent's evacuation and get them out turn one. And then you have to contest your three. And then on turn two, you need to get the rest of the civilians. And then final turn, you have to get two of the HVTs that are going to be on their half again, either to their box or your box, whatever's easier at that point. It's I feel like you grab their HVTs first because that's four they, of the nine points. They can't grab their HVTs though. But you can grab theirs with that drop trooper that goes to the edge of their exclusion zone, right? But then they, they can get their civilians. That's like prior. That's to get to 10 points, right? Your prior. Like if the goal is to get to 10, if to score as much as possible, you have to grab those civilians because they're the easiest grabs. Because mm -hmm. one, you get a plus three on them, uh, which you do get for the HVT. It's true. But the HVTs, they have to come across the board to get yours. 
And if you can grab theirs early and get them off of the board. I see you're saying there's more time to get the there's more time to get the HVTs than there's to get the civilians because yeah, they can't yeah. touch their own. But I don't. Think well, I guess they can. They can. Them. They can case back their own civilians. They can run with them if they want. Well, yeah. they their civilians they can capture and escape with, but their HVTs they can't. Yes, but they can grab the HVTs and move them. Is what I'm saying. Can they? Sure, you can case back HVTs. You always could. Well, then this is even more obnoxious. I didn't think you could do that. You used to do it. You're doing unmasking all the time. You can always catch back an HPT. Really? Or civvy back it? Yeah, here you go. Civvy back. Uh, the skill allows troopers to carry the figures that are not case back. I'm looking for civvy back. Civvy back. Uh, this common skill allows a model to move a civilian in a game. Only models, not markers and HPTs, can perform this common skill. The exam the example of it too specifically calls out an orc grabbing an HVT. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh so he can try and deny you getting his HVT, but it's still not the enemy HVT, so he can't evacuate his own. So you can no. grab yeah. your friendly yeah. HVT and then like unless they kill the model, they can't get to it. Yep. Interesting. And you don't need to be a specialist to grab the HVTs. So you can just so case back them, yeah. Maggie can just grab the two of them and go, you have to kill me, and I'm going to run to the far back corner. I don't think you can case back with Maggie, but let me... Or you definitely Maggie, can, me because they're not a remote and they're not impetuous. Oh, no, I think you're right, 100% yeah. The targeted civilian cannot be in silicon with enemy model, and they cannot already have a civivac token. Yep. The only requirement is REM. That's what the only, we, like... Or I can't be in a far team, that's right, or be coordinating. Yeah. So what about... What about... Rem I guess tags that have remote presence are not pilots remote. Are not remote. It's the it's the type. If your troop type is REM, right. but the pilot is a remote, but yeah. so you can't not the tag. So the pilot couldn't do it, but the the tag can. The tag can just be like, "Come with me if you want to live." Yeah, <laughs> just fuck off with the HBTs. Which is funny because you <laughs> and can you can grab two of them too, but you can't yep. you can't evacuate them at the evacuation point. And even if you got out. But you can you can it. have them hang out with you while you suppress and cover. <laughs> oh yeah, right. yeah, for sure. But it's just it's a funny thing where the the tag grabs them, runs them over to the extraction point. The uh, the pilot gets out and goes, "Oh no, I'm a remote. I can't grab them and, and extract them." Oh no. See, that's why you bring a stigmata, and you're like, "It's fine, fine. I'll help you up." <laughs> it's 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 the fact that you have to go grab seven dudes it's at whip plus three i know right. but it's it's a it's a it's an order to grab it even if it's a short order and then you have to get to an extraction point and then be a specialist and then evacuate them so even and, if you and that's to, another whip that is another, another whip, whip to evacuate. That's not a bonus. Yeah. <laughs> and there's no bonus so it's a this one's a big ask. You're right. Just the amount so, of whip checks required. I think if you remove the whip checks, it wouldn't be so bad because it would still be order intensive. Yeah, now it's order intensive with like a 20 to 40% failure rate on every time you do it. And also your opponent's shooting you. But you're like, okay, so I have my fast guy. Like I have like a Sujan that's like can move 10 inches and climbing plus or whatever, and just goes whoop, 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 and collects the guys and brings them back. Then he's gonna drop them, which you can just cancel and they just drop to the ground. Then your specialist has to spend two orders picking them up, and then another two orders evacuating them, hopefully not failing those whip rolls. Yep. And so it's like, what? <laughs> so it's like motorcycle specialists, 
are freaking premium. They were pretty good, yeah. Through a few things. It's a big ask. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's a very specific list you want to build for this mission. Again, cool. you're right. I yeah. really like it. Yeah, that's why I think Owen's decision not to have all three of these in the same the same launch event's <laughs> probably a good idea. <laughs> you don't yeah. have enough lists. You just there's... lose horribly first round, but then like win the other two. You're like, I bu- I built my list for these two, <laughs> and then you went, yeah, these are my two lists, one for each of these scenarios. Better hope my opponent doesn't have anything that I'm bad against here. I hope I need a visor because I couldn't find a way to fit one in here. Like the craziest thing to me about this mission is like, so we talk about how challenging it is to do those objectives. But like that's in a void. That's with your opponent not putting a mine next to one of them, and like or just, just littering the table, like, crazy just being obnoxious and being like, "Ah, oh, yeah, see these seven no mimetism camel markers in my little null zone between the, the, the zero or the uh, what's it called um, exclusion exclusion zone in my deployment. They're definitely not all shotguns and viral rifles. Yeah." Come don't don't think I won't just Moran crazy quals all over this table before the game starts. Yeah, they may not go very far up, but they go just far enough that two of these civilians are going to be real hard for you to get. Cargador is going to love this mission because it's just going to, the Moran's just going to run off with everybody at the beginning of the game. <laughs> and then the helicopters are going to show up and steal everybody else. But that's like something to be like, you get, so I was, I was going to want a five order group with buys that can clear everybody. Speculative killer like specialist though. No, but you sit right next to the enemy's evac. <laughs> sure, yeah, I guess. Come on, losers. I'm here to shotgun whoever comes first. <laughs> I'm going to kill at least one of you. You want to get on the boat? He can't come. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, so there's there's the one that is probably the most order intensive. And then the last one is a new room mission, which I'm super excited for. I love all room missions uh, called Last Launch. Dan, you want to cover this one? Yeah, uh, I hate the fact that if you have one room mission, then there's usually a room on every table for the whole event, no matter what scenario you're playing. And it kind of makes it boring, if that makes any sense. Like, I love room missions, but I hate transitioning from a room mission to a non-room mission in the same tournament. Because mm-hmm. no one adjusts the tables. Mm-hmm. You know, you I mean, room. the TO can just go adjust all the tables. That's what I would do. Yeah, I have but a bunch they of never like... do. Well then, just they have to get good. That's all. I'm just, I'm just saying. That's that's my only. I love room missions. I hate the fallout of room missions. That's fair because of it ruins other missions because it just makes them boring with the big thing in the middle. I'm just like, ugh, ugh. I've done this go twice already today. Get no anyway, help. The last launch. Uh, this is a mission where. You have to go to the edge of the board or like. Oh, hang on. Before we get started, though, this is a shout out because this is based on Dante Harrower's scenario from our sister podcast, Loss of Lieutenant, uh, and their custom mission challenge. So, shout out to the boys in Australia who ran a custom mission writing challenge for ITS. They got a mission into the mission pack, which is this is the second time the Australians have gotten a mission in ITS. So, just a big oh. congratulation to Dante and all the fellas. Is this why this mission is so bad? i'm joking (laughs) is this why it's so upside down (laughs) i mean it's easily my favorite mission in the book i know it's It's mine too it's mine it's a fantastic mission this is really cool all right go on down room with 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 basically an elevator to space or something some teleporter i don't know an evacuation uh token in the middle it's like what 50 mil 40 mil 40 mil it's a big slingshot 
Um, and then like on the middle line on each side, uh, eight inches from the edges, you have like little ID tag giver consoles. And so you have to go with a specialist. Uh, you get a, was it a hacker bonus or is there a bonus? Yeah, it's a hacker bonus. <laughs> Bonuses. So you have to get the papers. So, so you have no to go ticket. get the ID and then you can move the ID to other troopers and then a trooper with the ID has to go in to the middle of the room and then get extracted and so the only role is to get the ID I think there's also no hacker bonus no it's just a whip check so oh, yes. the, the hardest thing is getting the yeah normal whip roll and then you get the ID token um, Evo hackers get an extra order. I know they just get extracted no, without Evo having. Uh, an, don't they don't need, need, need to have an ID token. That's what it is. Yeah. Notably, they don't get one. They don't so start with one. You can't just pass it on. Right one. Yeah, yeah, but they don't need so, it. And baggage count. They have a multi pass. So how, you, how you score points is if you extracted, if you ran away with more army points than the adversary, you get four whopping four points. Which is like a huge swingy thing. If it's this, and then you get specialist troops. If you extract with specialist troops, if more specialist troops have left, you get two points. And then if you've killed more specialist troops, then you get two points. And then there's also if you kill the same number of specialists. Um, but someone has to stay behind too, because there's one point for dominating the launch tower. You have to dominate the launch tower, which is. The launching tower is the whole room. It's not the thing in the middle. Um, so you just have to dominate the room. So I love how it's not complex because it's all based in one location. It's all very centralized, but I love the, the moving scoring pieces here because you're having to balance getting stuff off the board of like a significant value, which means you're fighting pieces with killing your opponent killing the right pieces to keep your opponent from being able to even id check and then preserving those same pieces and getting them off the board at the same time and you can't coordinate order jump out nope is this the uh is this the comment on the 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 star wars review of the first scene of a new hope is such a great scene shot so well and so intelligent that i don't believe that he made it or whatever george lucas made it it's too clever george lucas too well done you know he couldn't possibly have done this yeah it's got it's actually spielberg covered from that day spielberg was like yeah i got this don't worry here's what you do man you 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 film from low right you have the little shit moving away and then the big shit (laughs) comes in from above spielberg's just like hanging out with him that day that's right that's what the lost lieutenant guys did oh yeah they they pinch hit they pinch hit this one for uh for cb yeah that's great so basically, to summarize, it's like pottery, uh, right? With an exclusion zone in the middle of the board, so you only get four-inch advanced deployment. Uh, you have to get to the middle of the board, halfway mark, eight inches from the side, with a specialist. Extract an ID token. Then an allied trooper has to spend a short skill with no roll, and next to the person with an ID token, and grab it, and then you have to spend a short skill in the middle of the room in the token there, and then you get extracted. And so you make your army weaker 
and potentially score points. It's a big push pull. I like that like balancing act. I think that's the the there's a real subtle but like I think um like important amount of like uh decision making it's going to go into that during the game that I think is going to be really fun to play. Well, just building your list is like it's so intensive of like, well, I want to bring specialists because I want to get them out and I want to be able to get ID cards, but I don't want to bring too many specialists because if he kills enough, then that's free points for him. Although or whatever, you're my opponent. And so then you're like, well, what the heck's going on? So like, wow. Uh, and you're like, wait, do I bring a tag? And like, who stays behind? So you can jump into the room. You can get in the room with any model in the game because it's a wide passage. Yeah, it's also a big door into yeah. the room. Yeah, everybody can walk in. And they start open. And they start open. But we're like, wait, do I want a really good arrow piece looking in the middle? Also, if you are alive, but in a null state, you can still get extracted in that you can walk up, get shot by arrows. And as Go long as you're not removed from the board, you'll your 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 fledgling little corpse <laughs> will be extracted. It's like when the professor's skiing, but he's unconscious. He's sleeping the whole time. In future You're playing, <laughs> bleeding in the elevator as it kills you. They just the fire his corpse into the sun. Corns <laughs> are just flying. So, like, so if you have like remote presence, you have to take like what three hits that and you fail all the armor saves. It's, so it's like somewhat of a more secure thing. So sometimes you can just like walk in and be like, "Go ahead and shoot me. I'm I'm out of the carcass." Because you don't have to roll once you have the ID card, or if you're an Evo hacker, you just walk up and touch it. Short skill. You yeah. could get case backed onto it too, which is interesting. Because remember, you can pick up your unconscious guys and move them around. But then they uh, they can't spend. They the need the ID. Couldn't you put the ID on them with swap ID? No, the ID has to be grabbed. The guy, the guy the takes. Oh, it but I mean, them. but if they went unconscious while they had an ID, could you not case back them onto the thing? But then that that model uh, has to you be only remove the trooper and any peripherals, and I don't believe Casey Vac counts as a peripheral. So you can move them onto there, and then you can shoot them with a med kit, and then they can just get out. What if the person but, case vacing leaves while case vacing somebody? Wouldn't they all go? I don't know. That is a good question. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna go with no on the grounds that. You I think they just remove the trooper in case that person drops and his peripherals. Mm, got it. Okay. And so they would just end up wherever he had been. It's kind of like if he removed. got shot by a fearbox and exploded. He just is no longer there. In the case of that person, goes oh. Unless yeah. they change the case fact rule to replace that, so I'm just going to check right now. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, go I first think... on this mission? I think so. And what do you do with that first turn? Do you leave or do you just collect IDs? So so this is the mission that I was that you can't really null deploy on because then it gives your opponents way too much leverage to get ahead of points. I feel like null deploying in this mission would be a really bad idea. Because if they brought like two Evo hacker bots, they just like coordinate a few times and then just walk out the middle. And then it's like with baggage, that's potential. 70. Like I think you work. throw as many Evo baggages out as you can. Yeah, we so, were looking at it. You're like, we already looked at that. We're them. back to that three. The, the best Evo team is, of course, Steel Phalanx. Um, they have the most value in this particular mission right off the break. 
Uh, do evil baggage bots and then they and get Scylla. Uh, Scylla. Who's an evil hacker that's worth like what 35 points? Yeah. So between just those three models is a hundred points in the sky and a specialist. And then they just fight with the remaining 200. And, and they're not actually hundred points though, because you're getting the baggage bonus, right? That's yeah, that's what the, the extra 40 points from the baggage is. So it's only it's only 240. You'll have 240 points left on the table with hundred points in the air. Right. And one of them is a specialist. Actually, sorry, all three of them are specialists because the evil hackers are still hackers, and she yep. is also a hacker. So you've gotten three off at that point. So and your then opponent, you just defend the room. And then you, just you can fight. take her with peripherals too if you want to get more points in the air. You have to take her with the peripheral one. That's the 35 with the peripheral. Because you need to take her as specifically the... Uh, oh, because the evil comes with the peripheral, doesn't it? That's right, yeah. Right. Yeah, you can't actually take her in any other of the forms, um, like the FTO one where he's his own, his own man. You can't do that because she's not an evil. There's only one profile, it's 35. She's an evil hacker with the upgrade Trinity. And you just leave. Mm. <laughs> uh, just you know uh, case fact is cancelled if you declare any order or skill that's not cautious movement climb dodge jump reset or short movement so i knew it it just gets dropped yeah it just gets dropped left yeah. behind the id tower is like oh that person's not coming wait <laughs> that guy Sorry. doesn't have a pulse did you say case fact is cancelled so like if you do an attack it's cancelled yes because that's not unless it has a short movement skill but if it doesn't so, no so you drop the guy so shoot. in yeah. evacuation even if you fight back while carrying the civilians away, you would correct and have to yep. pick them back up again. Correct. Yeah. Case fact state is automatically canceled if the trooper declares a case fact a skill other than Who's cautious movement, climb, dodge, dodge, jump, reset, or short movement. So you can't even fight your way through. Yeah. You have to have a clear line before or suicide. Yeah. And hopefully or just you roll. Dodge them with you, like carry them on your back as you dodge. <laughs> um but yeah two probot evo hackers plus cilia it's 1.5 swick 65 goes to 105 points um every other faction is less than that and so i mean it's regular Aleph. you could bring vanilla but this right. map this mission is so like if if i had to pick a faction that i would play and i i was like i'm gonna try and win last launch steel phalanx is my guy this is a steel phalanx mission through and through and they've opinion. got a good mix of um like you're gonna you're you gonna take them you take the midpoint value fighters that can hold the room you take like your your hippolytas and your um eudoruses and these tough guys that are also specialists and can also like just eclipse themselves while they're in the room and disappear say, just eclipse the middle button and then everyone just leaves <laughs> there's nothing they're going to be able to do about Bye. it and then you could have like eudoros hippolyta and Machaon and a myrmidon sitting in the room as the last four and you, be you like, don't okay, even need to leave good luck you're like are you just give up the dominate the one you kill don't let them come in don't let them let them get anybody in you have four <laughs> of the best fighters in the faction in a single link team for cheaper than like anything that's going to come in and tackle that and they can't yeah, get the okay. points back for having more army points and specialists extractive they can't get through that wall right right so you, yeah. you're, you're up six extract. then but that's if you disable their hand. You still got to run over to the, the beacon, and you got to run back, and then you got to. You don't. All you need to no, do because that hundred points didn't need three, to ever get ID checked. Just the three guys, and everyone. Yeah, those three guys, and then you just kill everyone else who tries to. That's, come be, and that's right, because they have to try and get. Like, if you just watch the two, like if you're just in that room watching the two ID scanners, and watching yep. the front door, like good luck. I mean, it depends on terrain, right? Sure. So much depends on terrain. I mean, I mean, the room is terrain. I think the room will always saying, be right? a room. Like, you can throw 100 points through that door at the very beginning, 
into the air and then have 240 points surrounding the room and the ID checkers being like, I just have Let to stand here longer than you. You put a suppressing Yodam in a doorway. He's hard to get past. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't get that in stiff flanks, but I do appreciate what you're yeah. saying. Yes. Yeah, I uh, I think the, they have a they have a lot on the they have Atalanta who could just look at the button right at the get go down yeah. the hallway. You've got link teams who are riddled with specialists who can hand out ID tokens. Decent enough whip across your faction, like you're not playing in the whip twelve faction. Cheap cheap net rods, and then you have the most Evo, and so you can just get a bunch of points out at any time. Well, how how to win these missions? We'll we'll save for season two. For the yeah, break. it's like it's 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 a whole again a whole different way of list building. I feel definitely yeah. You can't just build your standard. I really like O12 in a lot of these missions because they they're so specialist demanding, mm -hmm. and O12 just has so many just built in specialists that are really good. Again, I'm going to play Ariadna everywhere. They don't even they get one Evo hacker, and he doesn't have baggage, and he's a full swing. <laughs> he's just a dude. <laughs> yeah. Well. Good luck, Toha. Good luck with that. <laughs> At the same yeah. time, Toha can like, hey, you want Toha is another one that's in there. You want to get killed outside the anybody so... can get murdered outside the, the room? <laughs> all right, all right. Let's we'll save this for the end. Let's talk about our, our next season at the end of this. So the only other thing to note is they moved Annihilation out of the main missions into direct action. And I think that makes sense because Annihilation wasn't getting used very much in events anymore. Um, and it is kind of just a direct action mission. So they simplified Annihilation, no classifieds, kill, survive, kill specialists, and that's it. And you get a defensive turret. I don't think we need to talk about that because I think it's pretty... I think it's pretty All direct action missions are straightforward. It is the... And, and, and kill your opponent while not dying is the most straightforward objective I can think of. Um, yep. So then that's our third part we're coming to here, which is resilience operations. We finally know what the tactical and battle conditions are for, and it's basically what is colloquially and commonly known now as an open war deck. Um, it means it's for making procedurally generated missions. They don't add anything to the ITS missions, as, although I speculated as to that. Um, these are a fully separate game style for running tournaments and events in ITS where you and your opponent generate the mission every turn. There's a homogenized... Um, table setup where there's always three objectives four beacons and hvts uh and everyone gets issued a beeper which is an interesting thing and then everyone so sorry sometimes cards as battlefield conditions will give you a defensive turret um and then other than that you each of you draws four and chooses uh three for tactical objectives and each one of those can score up to nine so you can score three points from each one over the course of the game uh, a 10th one from a classified, I believe. And then you've also got one battlefield condition each. And if they're tied, then like if you if you both draw the same one, because you're both using separate decks, then you draw a new one until you have two different ones. So we have procedurally, and, and we don't have the decks, so we can't go too deep into these. We'll do a whole episode when the deck comes out. But what do you guys think about that, that procedurally generated mission structure? gonna wait until i see the deck yeah it's it's like, kind of hard cool so but this is this is what i feel like is that either we'll start seeing some like weird fun tournaments where it's almost like a blood bowl feel where it's like you can be blood bowl ranked playing like wildly different rules for blood bowl of like you get this many points or you get twice that many points to build your list or you get these weird star 
players that were invented by Joe Schmo yesterday that you get to be in your list and everyone gets random star players. And it's like all these crazy things in Blood Bowl, but they're all like ranked the basically the ITS format of like you can play and you can get points in, in national and world rankings. And when you look at like resilience operations, it's like it's different. But then at the beginning, there's also all the optional play options, uh, including reinforcements that you can throw in the missions. But there's also like you could remove the model cap, you can remove all these other things. And so it's like, I kind of want to see that kind of stuff of like, throw it around some more, like have some random stuff. And just that's just uh, that was it. what I was thinking, Dan, is that I feel like the chaos would be good for the meta like having you not be able to plan for your missions as much and have to respond to what comes up. It's almost like playing highly classified over and over and over again, right? Like you don't know what you're necessarily going to get as the mix. You have a general idea because you know what's in the deck. We don't know how deep those decks are like count wise yet, but I think that that chaos might be healthy for, for people playing the game from keeping it to get stale. Do you all play the same combo each round? You don't. That's why it would be like playing high classified, right? You're going to get a different draw for every every oh, table. Everyone just so the tournament's going to have different. It's it, that was like, like a Malifaux this... thing. Dan, Dan can Dan can attest to this. When we played Malifaux tournaments, there would be basically a group draw for your scheme pool, and then the strategy would be universal for everybody. For this one, it would be all be table by table. Uh, huh. I hear about this this year Warhammer 40k, who apparently has killed itself in the last week. Um, now everybody's really they're, happy. I'm the only person that's not happy, Owen. They're, uh, <laughs> According to the their system came out with a, 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 it's the same thing. It's a condition and win state. But they do it by round where like the TO draws what they're going to be. And then every table just goes and partakes. In they just announce the setting. Yeah, they announce the mix. Yeah. So the mix for this round is, and then that way everyone's got the same rounds, like the same problems to deal with each round. Um, Maybe you do it random every time. I don't know. I, I would like to I would like this if you did it with the tactical objectives and stuff like that, and you did it for everyone playing the same ones on all the tables. You could still do it random each turn, each round. Um, but you just make everyone play the same one. I feel like that would be good for like, like figuring out what's going on. Otherwise the TO is like, wait, what's going on? And what which which missions are you guys playing? Like <laughs> I think a nice one would just be you you have the to draw for the, the the event each round maybe they do it in advance maybe they don't and then they just go all right everybody this mission is uh the floor is lava and you have to capture these or kill these or whatever the cards are going to look like but again unless the cards are really flat and then it isn't big skews between each set of like Ten QAZ zones. yeah because like what if some of the cards involve putting a bunch of tokens down and stuff like that or terrain needs to move um but I, again i don't have a card so there's a card i don't have much to say that's fair yeah i mean so going back to like the extras which is like the where the reinforcements option is there i think reinforcement still kind of breaks a lot of the scenarios but then like you have the direct actions you have resilience operations you have mercenary contractors, you have the CQB, reinforced command, free game, spec ops, soldiers of fortune, escalation. Like all these things are there and they've kind of been there. 
but now there's like more there and it would it would be neat to see more tournaments that utilize some of that stuff like i'd love to play a reinforcements tournament it kind of sucks because everything's kind of proxy right now so maybe like give it another like five six months That's so like you get the models maybe not that long but you know at least everyone has an opportunity to get the models but like pre-game the extra removes a limit of 15 troopers in army list so a player can use army list with more than 15 troopers in them you just remove that rule from the game and go have at her you know and it's like does it break the game is it fun for everybody was it horrible okay we won't play that again you know but like or maybe it's not maybe it was really fun and same thing with like the soldiers of fortune you can build up like an 85 point mercenary troop or the escalation where you're playing smaller games which is a completely different animal than playing your standard size games you have to like make sacrifices and figure out what you're doing like it's just so many cool things can be and these are all its supported where you can get rankings with all these extra rules so it seems like crazy fun tournaments but they're actually like legit tournaments mm-hmm. and yeah. i i love the idea of that but will I, people show up to these tournaments well people... that's it right i i think what it takes is it takes leadership like in any of these things to try different things and not just fall into the same things all the time i think what's cool about it is that they've done something they haven't done before now that it's new because obviously we, all three of us are talking about how we've seen these sort of like formats and other systems and di- different variations and how that gets handled and how it evolves but to see them break their format a little bit where it's been very consistent for 15, 14 seasons right and they're doing something like fairly new and they've included three brand new missions and a bunch of new format stuff and like hostile terrain and hostile monsters on the table like melee monsters and stuff that's new that's different that's going to make me excited to try the fact that like if there's 20 missions a fifth of them always have something weird we haven't necessarily played with before and then there's this whole new format where it could just be i'm sure those quas creatures are in the cards you know what i mean like they're all that stuff that's in there is probably going to be duplicated as a card somewhere because the turret's in there we'll see how it goes going forward i'd be very excited to see like you said dan like a format where people actually get into these more challenging sort of like mission modes where you don't know what you're going into because i think people get very comfortable with thinking infinity's been solved because they've made good lists for popular missions they know exactly how to play them but that little bit of chaos and uncertainty combined with like not knowing what your opponent's playing for i like the idea that they're both blind right until you start scoring like you don't know what your opponent's mission cards are going to be but then also That's give cool. an opportunity for like lesser played models to shine in certain scenarios or certain yes. objects, yeah. right? Yeah, broader value for for the whole like kit and caboodle models. No, I think dude. variation of what you play for is an underrated balancing technique that game devs can use, right? Instead of just changing <laughs> if like to a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? If killing is the only thing that matters, then your things that kill will be worth the most points but if you have missions like in in like we just saw with um what is it launch what was it called launch bay launch last launch or last launch yeah last launch um where you're you're not trying to kill like there is some killing stuff for specialists but for the most part just getting guys off the table and then holding a zone that's a big like that's a big change in value all of a sudden and things that might not be valuable like owen just made a list where the most valuable thing is a bunch of evil <laughs> when's that ever been the case 
it's a, I think it's a very underrated way well, of well, creating the, the double sun buttons were still the most expensive. Thing yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We got to prevent but, them from getting ID somehow. <laughs> but but that's but that that idea of like game dev uh, attrition against like things becoming too powerful by just switching up how what like what the stakes are as opposed to switching up how things operate on the game table in like a direct way is i think a very smart way of approaching it and i'm excited to see that happening in the in the packet so overall man i feel good about its 15 i think it's it's got a good blend of familiarity with like new stuff and kind of head scratcher stuff um and makes me want to start a new army like it always does so that's probably where we should end this off with i do have one thing i want to mention and oh sure go for it it in more detail after but we sat and did a whole bunch of videos on reinforcements and all the profiles and the rules and blah 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 and we sat here and said, well, we'll just have to see. We'll just have to see how they change. Um, we haven't gone through and done a full, like, every scenario, though most of them are the same. Mm-hmm. Has your feeling changed at all about the initial, like, how is how is reinforcements going to play it? Like, have you played reinforcements yet? I have not played reinforcements yet. But my second thing is... Uh... It's an optional investment. It is an optional in here. Okay, Let's I was just looking for, for second, right I was going to say, is it even in here? It is, yeah. It's under one of the optionals in the same right. as like get right, rid of right, the unit right. limit. So I, unfortunately for me, like I have an event coming up and... Oh, and so are the mercenary contractors. You can yeah, take, you can optionally add them back in. Yeah, I was going through all like the all the things. It's like you can, and like you can bring one of them. You can get a Moserized Bounty Hunter, Bashi Bazook, or, or Sektet. Right. I kind of like that they're in there as an extra then and that you can mix and match. Because you could add some and not others. But I was just going to say that I, I have an event coming up that I've set up here and I I thought about reinforcements, but the fact that currently for f- like six out of eight of the factions, you're going to need to just proxy the hell out of it. I'd rather wait until the models are at least available and then we'll open sure. up that optional. Yeah, yeah. Whether or not I think that it's actually going to function when most of the missions are still end of game, you're going to win because you have 100 extra Well, you points. just don't play those missions, right? You just sure. pick missions that would support reinforcements better. I think I think last launch would be fun with reinforcements. Last um, launch would be weird. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which I think is cool because <laughs> you can have a scramble at the end. Yeah, yeah. So you have to, you, you just have to filter a bit. Um, but again, waiting now until the models are available. My, my feeling hasn't changed. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think it's more to do with this will be, I think reinforcements will become more popular at the end of the season when more models are out for reinforcements, right? Like I'm going to quickly paint up uh, my, and I was going to say this at the end, but I'm going to quickly paint up my reinforcement mercenaries to go with my JSA so that I have it all, like, and I can play it. And I have enough models that are old to do, and I have an, a, a Cascuda so I can do it for my Morats as well. And then I've got the availability to try it when it comes out, but I don't think we'll be playing a ton of it early on because I can't expect my opponents to have those miniatures without doing a ton of proxying. Yeah, and that, that I get it. Proxies are fine, blah 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 blah. But no. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we'll start. I think what we'll probably end up happening is we'll dig into reinforcements halfway through when the first couple of reinforcement packs are out, and we're excited about it. I think that's, that's probably the biggest flaw of the reinforcements is it's like it's an optional thing. That will cost you hundreds of dollars to collect <laughs> but you may or may not collect and if you do and you want everyone else to but they don't then you're screwed but it has to start somewhere dan and if those course, packs come out but if I mean, you want to play with those if, miniatures then they'll try the it and they won't if they existing miniatures then it might be played more 
You know what I mean? Right. Or, but what, I, what I'm saying is what I would bet happens, Dan, is that these reinforcements become mainline units in 16 and there's a new wave of reinforcements for for 16. Does that make sense? Like it rolls and yeah. it had to start somewhere. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. But that's but I'm just saying the first year is going to be more rough because of sure. like we're like, hey, we got these new rules. We can play reinforcements. Let's wait six months until all the models are out. Exactly. Through the season. It, and that's why I'm saying it had to start somehow, and it was always going to start this way. Look, I just want another ALF faction called Real Steel, and it's just day one tack bots boxing people. And that's, <laughs> and it's just Wolverine that's and a it's kid. It's Wolverine and a child standing behind the day one tag bots. Real Steel, just robot jocksing their way to victory. To all wars are fought with robot jocks now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I want the game to be robot jocks. I want everything to be robot oh, jocks. I'm not even going to be there. <laughs> um, you have to throw a spin. You have to do one of these optional extras. <laughs> no, it's the first one of 15, and I'm picked two crazy scenarios. Yeah, I think Owen's well, already put enough pressure on Everyone will remember how fine. to play the game. And also, <laughs> many people haven't played a game since, like, Eamon's last event, so... <laughs> so cut him some slack. Let's, let's, let's baby let's get, steps this. Let's get everybody to go to play game. And, yeah. and not hate it. All the rules um, are different. Every single one. All right. So I'm going to kick game. off with what my options are. So I'm going to finish my JSA as my first step and finish off the brawlers uh, so that I have the mercenary team for reinforcements if and when I play them. I'm going to finish painting the Cascuda and the extra stuff so that I can play my Morats the same way. And then I'm going to start a new faction. Uh, everyone wants me to play Hakaslam because I've never played them before. I think that's so what I'm going to do. <laughs> and then my question would be, which Hawk Islam faction should I start with? Owen oh, thinks nice. I should start with Baram. But I'll do a poll. I'll do a poll on the uh, the the Discord and see what people think uh, when this goes live as to what which of the Hawk Islam factions I should start with. What about you, Dan? You're going to do Yu Ching, yeah? You're going to order that, uh, that core yeah, model stuff gonna, and start with Yu Ching? I'm kind of gonna probably going to flesh out my Drews uh the tiny i have most of it but i'm just gonna flesh it out a little bit more and then uh and yeah just get painting my yujing it's interesting because like since the like i haven't played a ton and i feel like i still can explore crazy lists with starmada for a long time in even o12 but like i miss i haven't played o12 in a long time like vanilla mm. and i like i miss that kind of feel i miss like playing with links and like gangbusters and stuff so i might just be hopping around constantly um but maybe maybe I just commit to Yujing for a little while and uh You'll get bored fast. You'll get bored after like five games, zero twelve monster or something new. As soon as those miniatures come in, you'll be excited about Yujing because it'll be new and oh, different. For sure, for sure. But I, just, I, don't know, I don't know which faction I'm gonna play first, whether it's gonna be Well, that's what we'll do a poll. We'll do a poll for what people think we should do and then we'll ignore it or listen to it or whatever. Tell me what you want. This is not a democracy. We'll just see what people want and then either give it to them or not give it to them. <laughs> Perfect. I'm gonna play the Ariadnas. I was gonna I'm say just USA again, but they're boring. Um, but they're mostly just like, what do you do with US Ariadna these days? Bikes, all bikes. So many. Yeah, bikes. I did that before though. Like, I but did. it's good now. That's the thing. It was good it's before. Good. It's better now. I like blackjacks. I want to make blackjacks work. I also want you to make blackjacks and bikes work. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah, and I also want to play. Um, I'm gonna expand my Tartary again, and I have a Merovingian army, so yeah, maybe 
Good, good. Moblots are models that exist in the game. So now I get to play the poors. God, they're terrible. <laughs> All the poors. All the yeah. poors from Planet Poor. Yep. That's what it'll be. I mean, I, I love that Grunthor 4 2 movement. This is my favorite thing. It's gonna be the forgot. year. It's gonna be the year of the the the, the cocky cargo pants for for all of tactical awareness. Everyone's painting dudes in cargo pants. Comlink grunt is only twenty points. Only he's twenty points. The comlink doesn't do anything. Still, he's I'm so comlink, mad about sorry, that. Sorry, he's comlink plus two, so he what? gets two additional guys at his arm. Why does who cares? Yes. It's just the tax. The comlink thing doesn't make any sense to me. Still, I was oh. hoping there would be something in this document with the comlinks. I don't know why there isn't. Yep. There's nothing for comlinks. There's no special missions. There's no special mission rules. I was really hoping that point value meant something. It doesn't mean shit. They're just attacks. Yes. It's the if you want to bring well, you bring extra when you now bring, I can bring 17 models in my army. I, I guess you can play reinforcements without reinforcements, right? You don't have to take the comlink guy. You do. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, the other you side. You cannot you cannot play reinforcements without having a common guy. You no, have no, to but you can I play... bring him when it's not reinforcements. No, no. What I mean is you can play with the reinforcement rules, but you don't have to bring reinforcements. You absolutely you do. You have to. You have to you bring have to. Wait, you really? Have to, as yes. part of the reinforcement. <laughs> you have no oh, yeah, choice. All players must use must use the reinforcement rules, yeah. Jesus. Never mind. He's just a tax. He makes no sense. Okay, <laughs> There's okay. no point in the comlink cost I, anything. Can I bring him though if I'm not playing reinforcements to get 17 guys in my list? You cannot. The reinforcement profiles don't appear unless you toggle that option on. He does. Yeah, you can bring the comlink guy, but he doesn't do anything. But does he give me the plus two guys? He does no. not. Ah. Well, I don't know. Build a list. See if it gives you a red X. It won't. <laughs> <laughs> if it gives you the green, if it gives you the green check mark, you're good to go. He's trying it right now. Of course yeah. he is. <laughs> well, so next week uh, we are going to be kicking off season two. I can't believe we did a whole season of the show. And the reason it's gonna be season two is it's ITS 15. The document is here. Uh we're gonna lean in with some um like breakdowns of a mission. We'll probably just do an order. Uh, and list writing for those missions based on what we're excited about for this season. So we'll do that poll, talk about maybe what you could, what you'd want to see us start with as far as factions. And maybe we'll, we'll use those for the, um, the, uh, whatchamacallit, the, um, the, the breakdown for the mission. So you use them as just like our test bucket. Not that we're necessarily going to do that right away, but have that be our lens. We look through those missions with, um, and yeah, we'll go one by one for the next few episodes and break down the new season and those missions and, and talk about the various ins and outs. We'll also do the mailbags. Make sure you get more questions in there. And if you are in Calgary, uh, you should go check out Owen's tournament, uh, the ITS 15 season opener, the Tactic Warner's 15 season opener. And where's it going to be? Sentry Box? Yeah. At the Sentry Box. Box. On the 30th. Dan's not invited. Dan, he was never allowed to come. <laughs> he had to I go find someone else to come. to do. Yeah, he didn't want to go? Well, you weren't invited anyway. Never, never. I can't see who's going to my own event. That <laughs> suck so hard, Facebook. Um, oh, also, I put a comlink in a normal list, and it gave me an X saying, "You added the comlink. Remember that." Yeah, this I said that, that you can't do it, yeah. with reinforcement. Jesus, troops. keep up, Dan. Come on. Wait, did you say that? Yes, he did. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he mumbles. 
um so yeah we'll link the we'll link owen's event in the video description or the sorry the, the pod, uh, podcast description so you guys can go check it out uh so go sign up if you're in calgary and go play go kick off the season opener owen will shower you with the greatest of events at the center box he's got lots and, of prizes and, oh, lots of prizes sweet and then nice. he'll win with a double tag and you can complain about it he's not gonna no, play i'm gonna play us Admin. yeah <laughs> i don't are understand they, why you guys tag? keep saying that they yeah. have tags <laughs> There are no tags in this area. There's no tags. You can't do it. There's no, there's even like a Chernobyl. There's nothing. Yeah, they get nothing. <laughs> they, get, they get shit. They get zero. They might get an anaconda, don't they? I think they get no, anaconda. They get nothing. They get there's nothing. No tag. They get nobody, they really? There's nothing. Are they the one faction that can't take a tag? Maybe. At all? I think they I get think something. They, they, get, they get a Merce tag. A mercenary, no. mercenary, a mercenary tag. They get nothing, eh? Nothing. They get nothing. They get a tractor mule, blackjack. They're just, they're just happy that they got to be still in the game. We got Why? invited. <laughs> All I'm saying is they should Hopefully have gotten into the out of catalog. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is after midnight. So I'm going to bed. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.